Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the session, or maybe it's morning for you. I don't know what time it is for you, but it's uh, it's afternoon, evening for me, and we are back in the studio today uh, with very special guests. You know, I've been working a lot on uh, local breweries uh, since getting back in the studio because I want I want more FaceTime. I want people in my faces and in the studio after the a couple years of Zooming all over the world. So Mare Island Brewing Company has agreed to come in and hang out in the studio with us today. We've got uh, Kent Fortner and Ryan Gibbons. Welcome, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for having us. We're actually, uh, it's nice to talk to people without a mask and Zoom. So right? it's, it's good, to, good to actually see faces. Yeah, it's how I like it. And you know, one of these shows, it's, let's be honest, it's going to bite me in the ass. So I'm, I'm going to hear from some guest two days later and they're going to be like, well, you gave us COVID. We hung out in your studio for an hour and you killed us. Um, but whatever. I think it's no one's dying from it anymore and it's worth it to have some fun in a room with other humans. I mean, people have died for less calls than brewing and so I'd rather you. die for that. If, if <laughs> that's nothing. right. What a way to see that's those are the things I say, like, don't feel bad for me if I die for <laughs> brewing. You know, what a way to go. We've also got my good friend. Uh, Sully, my good friend and mentor, Sully, back uh, mentor. in the studio. I have mentor so status you, now. You do, yeah. <laughs> it's great to be back. It's been a while. I'm always happy when you come and co-host with me. Makes things yeah. a lot more interesting and fun, um, and I like having you. I just got over COVID. Speaking of COVID, did you really? I, I, I licked this thing for two, beat this thing for two and a half years, and I went to Canada of all places. Oh, and I got I probably in an H and M. Don't ask. Uh, or an <laughs> Apple store in, in in Vancouver, Canada. I have the Canadian COVID, which is a is a kinder, gentler COVID. It's very polite. It's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> right. don't you know it? And the exchange rate is great. So, um, right. But you actually, wait, you've gone this whole time until now? I've not had it at all. I've been around it. I mean, check this stuff. I've, my son had it like late last year. I never got it. 
Okay. And then I went to Germany in May for a couple of weeks in Austria and, you know, flew on planes, trains, some automobiles, all that stuff. Never got it. I thought for sure I was going to get it. In fact, I had the test to come back to the U.S. when I was in Munich. Oh, yeah. And I actually tested positive <laughs> on a PCR test. My group all tested negative And I was like, oh, crap. Wow. Went back to my hotel room, took two rapid tests. They were both negative. I was like, I'm still a unicorn. I just was one of those people that just, you know, false positive. So I went like scrambling around Marion Plotz there in, yeah. in Munich, finding like some sketchy pharmacy. So some person that didn't speak English and I didn't speak German. Yeah. Swab my nose and stamp a paper and send me off. Oh, my gosh. And I was negative. Yeah. And it was free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, yeah, it's pretty amazing that you made it that far. Yeah. yeah. I, I Yeah. yeah. And, and so, I mean, I just got over it uh, just before I got here. No, I just yeah. got right. over it yeah. like. I don't know, like uh, earlier, late last week, but uh, like we were saying earlier, and not to make this the COVID show because we're here with the beautiful people from Air Island, Mm -hmm. is that uh, it's uh, it lingers. It's like uh, it's like that house guest that won't leave that goes to your album collection, makes long distance. It just won't leave. It's still here. It's like (laughs) I'm negative, but I'm like, I feel like I'm kind of there still. And that's how I feel about it now, sort of in general, with how it is affecting everything. It's now just annoying. Yeah, it I is. just find it very annoying. And I got to tell you, if it was just a cold and not COVID, yeah, 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 we would just probably just go on with our lives. But now we have. We're ta- I mean, I'm ta- I took like six tests. Yeah. I mean, if I had a cold, I would just like I got a cold, then I would like you know probably go to you know work and give everybody a cold. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we did. You, if you get a cold, you share it. Exactly. <laughs> Damn it. That's what we're here for. Yeah. That's what happens in retail. You hand out NyQuil and you shut up. <laughs> exactly. About Sully, it. I got to ask, did you, did you sneeze on the plane? Uh, I did not sneeze on the plane. Mm-hmm. I never, there was no sneezing. Um, I did wear a mask most of the time on the airplane. Yeah. So, but, oh, so check this out. This is actually the Vancouver story. Yeah. Uh, so I'm up there for a couple of nights with my gal, Gwen, and then we took the Queen Elizabeth, the ship Cunard line from Vancouver to San Francisco. Really? The, underneath, the, and I, you're like, Sean, you don't look like a cruise guy. I am not a cruise guy. Okay. But I've always wanted to do this. I've done it twice now. I went a couple years back. I went from England to New York into New York Harbor on the wow. Queen Mary 2. And like when you roll in there, yeah. you know, I wanted to see what it was like to be like when our, you know, our, our immigrant, like, you know, folks, yeah. uh, you know, our, our relatives, whatever. You were uh, having a Leonardo DiCaprio moment. I was. But yeah. the thing about it is it's a five star hotel. It's not like yeah. you're in steerage, you know, where you're like with goats <laughs> and all that next to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I did the same thing on the Queen Elizabeth and the Cunard line. This is I don't I'm not getting paid for this, by the way, uh-huh. but it's a fun experience. Yeah, it's a little bit of an older crowd. I mean, my girlfriend, I think, was the younger, was youngest one on board. Just, okay. You know, 17. She's 17. She's 17. <laughs> okay. I guess 18. That, I'm sorry. That 18. was an old show from Pacheco days. Probably. Okay, drink yeah. in Vancouver. You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Vancouver. <laughs> That's why they went to Vancouver. Exactly. <laughs> we had to go, we had to, go to Vancouver. Otherwise, yeah. we would have. Right. Anyway, so, um, yeah, you, you have to wear formal. You have to wear. I had to wear a tuxedo, you know, so there's a couple oh, of wow. nights you got to dress up and it's like, you know, it's like Halloween kind of. That's nice, though. Yeah, it's fun. You only do it. You know, some people are put off by that, but I liked it. It was like, you know. Wait, so nice. you got it on the cruise. I, no, I did not get it on the cruise. OK, because that's uh, what so everyone I, gets it from now. I know. I that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. But if I wind the clock back and do, you know, the deep investigation, it's like. I definitely got it in Vancouver because of the time, because I was only on that ship for three nights. And so okay. I got it, like I said, in a mall in Vancouver at an H&M or an Apple store. I see. <laughs> got it. And you're like, what the hell were you doing in an H&M, Sully? <laughs> I know. What you're I doing. was buying cheap, like, cruise wear. I needed to get a full, like, you know, right. sweatpants and hoodie. And I made her get the same thing. <laughs> Two and, and we a half were, days in a tux. You had we, to switch it up. We had yeah. to switch it up. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
That sounds like a great trip. Though. It was awesome. It yeah. was great. You're like you. You also disconnect, right? And you kind of get in that whole like experience. You know, you yeah. You go listen to lectures. We didn't do that. Uh, you can go dancing. We what <laughs> craft beer was on the ship? So interesting. You should say that because it's a Cunard's an English company, hmm. um, but they uh, and so they don't have a lot of craft beer like we'd see down here. So. Um, but they had London Pride, nice. which is one of my favorite beers of all time. Heck yeah. And so I had that. They also had some Brewdog, but they didn't have any in stock. So, okay. But so it really wasn't a lot of craft beer. I drank right. a lot of wine is what I did. And that's just it. Yeah. That's what you do on a cruise yeah. anyway. And maybe a cocktail or two. Yeah. Uh, did it make you think about, oh, what if 2-1-A uh, beers were available on this cruise? Like, does it, does it make you want to reach out to cruise lines? I mean, it, that's certainly a possibility. I mean, okay. we just started exporting our, our beer to South Korea and Japan. Um, nice. But um, I, not really. I don't, you know, I don't know. Yeah. We just had a, sh- a Japan show last episode. I had uh, Rye Bevel come in here from the Japan. Oh, yeah. Beer I know Rye. Yeah. Oh, he says uh, he says he's your neighbor now. He is. I drive by his house every day. Yeah, that's great. And I want to roll up and knock on the door and be like, hey. Yeah, we've yeah, we've hung out a couple of times. He's a great guy. Oh, that's cool that you're sending yeah. your beer out there. Yeah. Nice. It's uh, with the Nagano imports. So, okay. guys, you should know that's a good, it's a good outfit. There you go. Yeah, if you need to get rid of some beer. Anyway, Japan. Cunard line. Can't, you know, like, we should all do it at least once. It's yeah. fun. <laughs> it sounds fun. And I got a cheap fare, too. That was good. And I got COVID. So, it's uh, pretty much, you know, <laughs> Wasn't that, that cheap? sounds like a package yeah. deal. <laughs> package deal, exactly. Anyway. Yeah. They're just giving them away now. There you go. Well, I want to thank our show sponsor today, the folks over at More Beer. You know who they are. If you don't, go check them out at morebeer.com. They've been our sponsor since way back in 2005 when we started, and we just love them so much. I also love the new Comos line of equipment that they have. Check it all out. They've got kegerators, which I have in my RV at one of their Comos lines. Mm. They have jockey boxes that are real damn cool, like roto molded jockey, you know, like Yeti style. Wow. Um, and have you ever have you seen these jockey boxes that instead of having a coil of the coils inside? Yeah plate chiller at the bottom oh yeah yeah so i got one of those from them too because i thought it was awesome like i I don't know that it would work great like at a beer fest if you're pouring a lot of beer through it yeah but like for camping because then you still have room on the top of that plate chiller for cans you can put yeah that's right cans exactly yeah yeah i knew you'd like that (laughs) um anyway it's awesome you go check it out go to morebeer.com or you can click the links in in the in the show notes of this very show they're doing a lot of good uh, content too check it out they really are yeah they're kicking it up i mean chris graham and his uh who i I forget who he's doing it with but um they're just providing a lot of like great educational content yeah and they do free beer fridays every friday on their youtube channel Mm -hmm. where they give away uh ingredient kits or equipment i think they've given away some of this como stuff so yeah it's pretty it's pretty sweet good Good guys over there. Excellent guys. Uh, go check them out. Uh, also, you can support this show uh, by hitting the PayPal donate button on our homepage. Just click that donate button. You can do it one time or you can sign up as a subscriber and it helps us. And those of you know, some of you have been doing that for, uh, gosh, over over 15 years and we really appreciate it. So thanks for that. You can do your Amazon shopping too. just click one of the Amazon links and then shop like normal. You won't even notice that I'm there spying on your shopping. Um, but it's a great way to support the show uh, with no extra cash out of your pocket. And, of course, just support any of our sponsors uh, out there, uh, including the 21st Amendment. Hey, how's it going? Yeah. If you, see, uh, if you see one of my favorite beers on the shelf called El Sully, it comes highly recommended by me. Um, so, yeah, support our sponsors, and uh, I'd appreciate that very much. If you want to send feedback about this show or any other show, uh, send it to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Okay. Beer in my glass right now is Mariano Guadalupe Vallejo. 
which is a Mexican lager. And I got to be honest, Sully, I didn't know you were here. I would have changed it up. The El Sully is like the Bay Area standard of Mexican mm. lager. So I'm, I'm not, not only nervous, I'm also excited to have you uh, enjoy it with us. Well, I appreciate you being nervous. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no I, I, I love I just had a sip of this. this is delicious, gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, great you. job. I mean, it's just a fun, refreshing Refreshing beer. It's got some great nuances to it. I love it. Yeah, some of the fun things that we all know through the pandemic, everybody's enjoyed more lagers and been able to play with them a lot more. So that was a fun one we came out with uh, in 2020. It's 4.9%. Uh, definitely the flaked corn is one of the things I wanted to make sure that uh, stood mm -hmm. out in that. And we released that when with our, what was it, our, our spring 2020 Yardbird Sounds Club. Right. We did a drive-through pickup. I mean, we, we did everything, but we really wanted to bring it back to the local area. So releasing a beer called Vallejo was just the right time. And cannot release a, a beer called Vallejo without it being a Mexican lager. I love that. Yeah, it, that's great. It, it really is a great, a great beer. Crisp, refreshing. You are right about brewers doing more lagers nowadays, which I think is a good thing. It's a I great think, thing. And it's also, I think, because of uh, consumers, you know, sort of changing habits, too. Um, of course, Hazy is, like, still king right now. But I think people just wanting, like, a lighter... A beverage on the lighter side, well, right? I think once people were doing the Zoom at home, they could have yeah. a couple of El Sully's and still get the work done. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Vallejos. There we go. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's interesting about that. So, what do you think? I mean, like obviously, hazy IPAs and you know those you know those variants of uh, of IPAs are really popular. Mm -hmm. But brewers, that's like the that's the kind of the dirty little secret is that we really like to brew lagers and we like yep. to drink lagers. So, I think what's happening right now, what have you gentlemen seen? It seems like. There, there's you're seeing them more percolate up. You know, Absolutely. people are brewing Absolutely. more lagers. You know, I've, I've got a Hellas in the tank right now. I've been brewing like a Schwartz beer. I've been brewing. You know, we have a new beer called Coaster Pills. Blah blah blah. But it's just like those are just. Um, I mean, just it's just more interesting. I mean, it's in. I think as I age too, because I'm, mm -hmm. I, I'm enjoying like lagers more than maybe a. I mean, I like IPAs, but still, I'm like enjoying like a beer like this here. Yeah, I'm like a one IPA and then mixing yeah. pale ales and lagers for for the rest of it. See, to me. I don't know. I think there's this weird thing going on in the uh, among the consumers because it's this this kind of weird conundrum. Uh, IPA and hazy IPA is still the most popular craft beer uh, style, right? But it's and and it's being bought in droves. But at the same time, we're on a little bit of a decline of craft yeah. beer drinkers, and they're and they're going to uh, craft cocktails, canned cocktails, yep. seltzers. Obviously, I think even ciders kind of making a little thing here. So it's I'm, what I'm saying is it's odd to me that we're seeing this kind of market shift to things that are lighter like that. Yeah. Yet IPA over here is still the best selling craft beer. And they're two completely different things. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I think it's like if you well, like when I think the consumer right now and then what do you guys think? I mean, it seems like when the consumer just sees IPA, it's just you. it's now ubiquitous for that's craft beer. Yeah. I, I want I want a craft beer. I want an IPA. You, you must because, want an IPA. Yeah, yeah, because there's so many different like variants of IPA. IPA right. is now Kleenex. It's just the yeah, brand. You exactly. don't ask for tissues. You ask for an IPA. Yeah, yeah. Your, your six pack is just an IPA now. Exactly. <laughs> when you're going to a party on the weekend. But, yeah. You yeah. Know, as, as winemakers, that's that's where Kent and I started. You know, we, we came into this wanting to, to have nuance and flavor and malt to be a, a part of the backbone of beers instead of just a smack in your face, you know. Mm hit you on the ass with a lot of alcohol and, and, and keep you going. Those are great, but how many of those can we drink? You know, yeah, I, I like right. to drink beer. So yeah. I want to have a couple of Ivy Bills Pilsners or, or MGV lagers. Uh, it's, it's, it's something sessionable. Yeah. yeah but, you know, in reality, when Ryan and I first started, we were like, we're not going to make an IPA. <laughs> we're just not going to do it. We yeah. wouldn't have been here if we did not. Of and course. then we started making one and it was quickly 70% of our sales or something like That's that within yeah. a couple yeah. of weeks. And we're like, oh, you know, I mean, Ryan had this great background from, 
Lagunitas. And so it made sense for us to jump into the IPA world. But, sure. you know, trying to be all about balance when everything is kind of about imbalance out there in the marketplace to a certain extent. And yeah. He, Ryan mentioned uh, the wine world, you know, for those that know a lot about wine, you know, Chardonnay and Cabernet. And there, at one point there was a 200% oak Chardonnay that they used to make where you'd put it in new barrels for a year and then you'd put it in new barrels again for a year. Wow. And release it. And they were trying to get them up to 16, 17% alcohol. And it felt like that a little bit when we first started in. I have to say, I think IPAs have gotten more nuanced. They've gotten more, more varied. And I just see a whole world like starting to dig in on, dig deeper on different styles of beer at this point, which is yeah. refreshing to yeah. particularly guys like us. So to speak. It, it really is. is refreshing. Yeah, well, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, I love totally it. Pun. Good pun. So yeah. this is where brewers can actually sort of drive the direction. That's what happened, I think, with hazy IPAs. We saw like, hey, this is kind of new. It looks... It looks great on Instagram because it's yeah. a, because it's you know it's a head scratcher. This looks like I'm drinking orange juice or something, but it's this you know this this sweet beer that has hop flavor in it and aroma. But I think as brewers, we can actually push the conversation to get people excited about these lagers that we're we're all talking about right now. Yeah, yeah. agreed. You know, the one thing I, I kind of reversed into it where I, I wasn't a big IPA fan. You know, I I I do like nuances, but I've actually now kind of turn the page a little bit because the it just the breadth of what you can do in the ipa category is just so vast that's mm. that's what it gets a little lost sometimes so it's almost like you said it's almost ambiguous to just say ipa now what does that even mean yeah, yeah. it's funny because you said you don't like ipa but you you used to work at lagunitas <laughs> i like beer i mean that's, that's as a first yeah. choice going to a bar well, yeah. lagunitas will wipe the ipa right out of you <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you get enough with your paycheck you know you, you, yeah. Yeah. all right all right we're gonna start a brewery we'll do something different yeah <laughs> so, let's, how did that how did you guys meet i mean how did this whole thing you just said you're in the wine world i didn't know that Fortner. Uh, well i so i have my own little wine brand called road 31 wine company i make about a thousand cases of pinot noir and i've made it for what was it called road 31 wine okay. company and i've had probably um, my 20 second harvest in that and 27th harvest overall of wine so i still have it and ryan here was actually i make it at a place called white rock and ryan was actually the assistant winemaker at white rock so he was kind of in charge of babysitting my wine when i wasn't on site there and we started up uh, a very fast friendship i mean we really did um and a lot of mutual respect and then we actually kind of lost direction there ryan went traveling all over i, I don't even think i can keep track of it anymore yeah i need, point, I need to, i'm 10 years younger than kent so I, I had a long way to get to uh, my own wine brand so gotcha. traveled around the world new zealand uh australia bulgaria uh winemaker to small chateau in bordeaux okay and then came back to came back to napa during that downturn and not, not many people were hiring even davis degree winemakers so you know i'm originally from maryland all the way out in uh napa california trying to figure out okay why am i waiting tables when i could do this back in annapolis or dc so yeah Take it, you know, but everybody's always drinking beer. That downturn, you know, you, you, you can you can afford a six dollar pint, not necessarily a sixteen dollar glass of Cabernet at that time. So right. yeah. it was just a, a good transition into saying, you know, well, how about how about I figure out how to make this uh, on a professional level? So. In the meantime, my wife and I had one kid. We lived in Napa and getting ready to have a second. My wife comes downstairs. She's like, we, we need a bigger house. And I'm like, well, all right. <laughs> I guess go find one. She went around Napa. <laughs> go find one, honey. Yeah. She came back and she's like, well, everything I'd find is like a million four. And I'm like, yeah, well, that dog doesn't hunt. You know, that's not, uh, that's not in our realm. So she had gone down to Mare Island. There's some new homes down in Mare Island. She came back. She's like, I, you know, I think I found our house. And I'm like, really? I didn't think you'd really like newer homes. She's like, no, no, no. It was built in 1916. It hasn't been lived in for 22 years. It has some squatters in it. It's been completely stripped of the insides, but it's amazing. <laughs> Doesn't and, this sound great, honey? <laughs> and she said it goes up for auction on Saturday. And I was like, what do you mean auction? So I went down there and checked it out. 
amazing home. If you know the Presidio, it's it's identical to some of the homes in the Presidio. Oh wow, okay. It's got a long story that would take up the whole podcast, but this it's the the when the call came in from Pearl Harbor, it was received by the guy who was in this house back wow. in the day, which is super before it cool. went back to DC. <clears throat> right, before right, yeah. it got before it got telegram back to DC. So anyway, we we I ended up buying this house, which was a boondoggle, and uh uh the city, city forefathers of Vallejo, which is Maryland sits within Vallejo came over and they're like, "Well, hey, we understand you're a winemaker. Would you consider moving your winery down here?" And I was like, well, you know, my customers, they kind of wearing penny loafers and they like to see the vines and yeah. all these cranes on Mare Island. Like, I don't think that's going to go over, but I'll tell you what, my brewing buddies are going to be like, look at those cranes. <laughs> yeah. These things are awesome. <laughs> so I actually wrote a business plan for a brewery, okay. kind of capitalizing on the history of Mare Island because this, this is a story that needs to be told. And so uh, then the downturn hit that sat on a shelf. And then I ran into Ryan, and I think it was Ritual Coffee, maybe, is where we yeah, connected we're back Oxbow up at Oxbow. And Napa, and he said, and I'm like, where the hell have you been? He's like, you know, we got kind of caught up. I'm like, where are you working now? He's like, Loganitas. And you're and like, I'm oh, like, no what? kidding. And he said, uh, I said, how is it? He said, well, you know, I love it. I love beer, but I wish I made a little bit more money, and I wish I was working for myself. And I said, well, <laughs> why don't you check out this plan I wrote? Famous yeah. words. Yeah. And so we got together and put, you know, the, as they say, it's history, but we, we got together and put that whole thing together, and it's been, it's been a great, as he mentioned, he's 10 years younger. Best advice I'll ever get anybody if they find a partner for for business, mm-hmm. find somebody ten years younger or ten years older because you you bridge a whole lot. Of yeah, that makes sense. That. Absolutely. So okay, so you you have this business plan. You guys meet up, and uh, what year is this? And what year does Mare Island open? So that was uh, 2013. Okay, you know, we still we started working on everything. The location, obviously, of the ferry terminal helped uh, put things in motion. But the ferry terminal opened July 21st in 2014. So that's when we kind of. Okay. You know, first retail sale, even though we had a couple wholesale kegs in, okay. in town. Got and it. Ryan painted it with leftover paint. And our original goal was a popcorn machine, <laughs> a uh, hot dog machine, and four beers on tap. And we had a we had a goal of X amount of revenue uh, that we wanted to get to in a year by year three. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got bum rushed at the door, and we hit that revenue within like two and a half months. I think wow. it was. And it has literally been trying to keep up with everything mm-hmm. since. Yeah. That's really amazing. Has. Sean's shaking his head over here. He he he's heard this story. He's been a part of it. Have I? <laughs> the, the the instant success. Is it that story? easy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and let's stress. back up and, and just let our listeners know a little bit about Mare Island, sure. too, because not everybody, obviously, who listens is from the West Coast. But it does have this incredible history as a, a military island. And it dates back um, um, even before, but to the name of the of the beer that we're drinking. Right. Yeah. The um, it was named by General Mariano Guadalupe. Vallejo is. Did I have that right? That's absolutely correct. Okay. So Vallejo, General Vallejo was a badass. He had the land grant, Mexican (laughs) land grant for uh, Sonoma, um, parts of Solano, most of Napa. And he actually ran the Presidio for for quite a while. Okay. And he uh, had a town named after him called Vallejo in the mid 1800s, a little four block town. And he had all of his livestock, his belongings were there. But he, like some other people, preferred to live in Sonoma. Okay. So he uh, (laughs) asked to have his belongings or his livestock brought up river and over to Sonoma. And they loaded up all of his his livestock. And one of them was a prized white mare was was part of the livestock. And that that barge that they were on capsized in the center of the strait. And unfortunately, everything was lost. All the livestock were lost. Wow. And the rumor is that the guy who was driving that uh, actually tried to commit suicide that night because he assumed because he had lost the prize white mare of General Mariano Guadalupe Vallejo, the badass. Yeah, I'm adding the bad, <laughs> he was the in trouble. Chops like he was in no trouble. Other. Well, it turned out there was a little island called Flat Island right across the strait. And uh, the white mare showed up on that island and they renamed the island Mare Island after that. So, yeah, the wow. name comes from General Mariano Guadalupe Vallejo and his prize white mare. Okay. 
Yeah, when it, you meet that guy, that well, that's a huge long name. I mean, you know, like does he yeah. just go by Sid or something like that? Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. yeah. I think he preferred general would be fine. <laughs> exactly, yeah. sir. Uh, yeah. You just yeah. say sir. Yeah. Internally, yeah. we could just call it MGV, and you know, okay. and we get knocks on the door because we make sure the V, not a D, but MGV. Yeah, of course. <laughs> nice. Okay, and so then the island uh, become it. It basically has a history uh, as a naval island, a naval shipbuilding island. Uh, all the way into the 90s, really. But uh, important during World War One. important during World War Two, And uh, I think even built, like, was it the first or one of the first nuclear submarines Absolutely. was built there? We built, it's it's either seven or nine, depending on who you talk to, because they built part of one, part of two of them, of the 41 for Freedom, which are the nuclear submarine fleet. And we know a number of people who served on those um, submarines, and we make we make a beer called the Mud Puppy uh, that's named after one of the submarines. We, I mean, we know these people really well. And okay. it's, wow. Uh, Mare Island is, I mean, it started in 1854. There's 500 ships that were built on Mare Island between 1854 and 1996 when it was shuttered. <coughs> and there was like 10,000 more that touched the shores. You you can't, it, the the impact of Mare Island is global. It's absolutely I was going to say, you said the listeners are, are, are countrywide. I mean, that's the thing. Somebody They're gonna listening know. is yeah. going to know their uncle or their grandma worked at Mare Island okay. during the, the heyday. We get... Calls from Connecticut of somebody asking for a T-shirt for their favorite uncle that oh, served that's here cool. in the 70s. And oh, wow. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, and you know, I see that hydraulic sandwich looks kind of tasty. I'm a beer guy. Can you send that, too? And yeah. we're not advertising in Connecticut. So just right. the, the Mare Island search has really you know, helped out. And I think from, from our end, like, we tapped into, we thought, this is super cool history. Needs to be told. It's an amazing way to put on a beer label and, yeah. and kind of have a theme around this stuff. We honestly didn't know that there were this many people that oh. sort of the, the diaspora, if you will, of 50,000 people that worked on Mare Island in World War II, people who were married there. It was the premier prosthetics hospital in the United States back wow. post-World War I. So all these people have stories of their great-great-grandfathers getting a, a fake left leg and their grandmother getting a fake right leg and getting married on Mare Island and all wow. these just crazy stories. So. We have this Those um, fake leg romances. Are yeah. Amazing. yeah. <laughs> is your tap room decorated with weird prosthetics by chance? I haven't been there. <laughs> so I'm just curious. <laughs> I have a, a, I got a, a sneaking suspicion after this. Somebody's going to send one. To yeah, us, yeah. That, that's what happens. Yeah. Somebody cleans out their closet and, you know, and it's like, oh my gosh, we found all this Mare Island mem- memorabilia, which is amazing and cool stuff. We go through it. Yeah. And then after a while you're like, and this is just going to look like the roadhouse bar and just every, yeah, all the spaghetti's yeah. on the wall and it's not going to make any sense. So you know, as winemakers as well, we're, we're, we're trying to bring a little um, curation class and history to the space as sure. well. So, you know, there's 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 a way to do it and then there's a way to do it a little bit that gives people something that they have to even search further once they leave. Sure. There's no way that in, in our spaces or even in the back of a beer we can sum up 142 years of American amazing history. No, exactly. but it does give you a great opportunity uh, to have uh, some sort of identity behind each beer. Sure. too right because you do now get to kind of pick and choose from from this history yeah so. and we make the joke all the time if this was kent and ryan's great brewing adventure nobody would care yeah yeah, yeah. we're not that interesting of guys <laughs> i mean i know? would and, care but you're yeah. right about everybody else yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, <laughs> well you need to have a story i mean that's the whole thing a unique selling proposition and then you, and you capitalize your local history there so it's almost like it was written for you yeah, and I, I would actually even take it one more step further, which is that it is it is a it's a mantra for us. It's a it's a reason for existing. It is when we first started, there were World War II vets that would kind of sometimes they were in wheelchairs. They come wheeling by us and talk to us about the history of Maryland. Well, all those folks are gone. I mean, you know, they just they just reach that age. And I'm I'm actually I have the honor of being the president of the Maryland Historic Park Foundation, which kind of stewards the history on Mare Island. Wow. And um, we're desperately trying to get oral histories and all these things down because as these people pass on. That's it. And, and I think, you know, for me, I'm 52. 
um, anybody from my age younger, I don't think quite understands what happened in the world and the sacrifices mm. that were made. I mean, Maryland, I, you know, this is not something you usually talk about when you're in a beer shower, but like it needed a lot of cleanup, like an environmental cleanup because it, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a naval base and everything sure. else. But you know what? They thought the freedom of the world was at stake at that point. So building codes and things like that. Yeah. We were trying to save our lives. I and mean, we have bunkers on Mare Island that were built within two weeks after Pearl Harbor because they thought for sure the Japanese were coming ashore right at Mare Island right afterwards. Wow. You know, so like what happened there and, and the sort of sense of freedom that we take for granted, I think it's palpable on Mare Island and it yeah. feels like a mission of ours to go out there and try to package this. And I, I, I use that pun lightly, but to package <laughs> this into something that people can read, get interested in and follow through on a little bit to, to commemorate that history. So it's, yeah. you know, I don't want to overplay this, but that it's, no, it's but a big deal to us. And our, I think our staff really, I'm moving there right it. now. I just, yeah. Yeah, my, just put my house. Well, on and I like that you point out too, you know, the people your age and younger don't really know about it. And, and the thing is, it's not that, they or, or we don't know it per se. We don't know enough, right. but we certainly maybe have never internalized it like the generation that just passed, like you're saying, like these World War II vets. Like, I mean, the, that's obviously something much more real to them than it is to us. So I do love you, you taking this opportunity that maybe I can now even internalize the story and touch it and feel it and smell it by going to your tap room, by being on that on the island. I'm sure there's other tons of historical locations that people can visit at, on Mare Island too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really like that. I mean, when we started the, the, the responsibility was big to make a great beer and to, to, you know, to really do some good things in Vallejo, but it has just grown beyond whatever I think, whatever even we want to do. Like I said, it's it, the responsibility of that history has just been so sure. important because the, the, the world is these days and the younger generation, everybody's so quick and TikTok and how can the Snapchat go away or whatever. And, yeah. The thing that's getting lost is history and the, that oral story. And so we can all agree. I mean, hell, we're sitting here talking over a beer. And yeah. so you, sit, you, 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 you capture an audience, a younger one, over a beer. They turn the can and they read a story. Then, then that can carry that generation on. So, you know, I'm not trying to be so holistic, you know, but it's, it, it becomes more than the beer. And the beer is a fantastic widget to do so many things. But, yeah. you know, if, if we can actually impact and, and be something within our own community um, that actually has um, inspiration to... Because Maryland, what was the reason Vallejo was so great, uh, you know, during these times, it's also when Maryland shut down, the reason why Vallejo is still in a downturn trying to come out. Mm. So the way I see it, we see it is Maryland can be the reason it comes back all the way and kind of full circle using Maryland's history to kind of help re- let everyone in the community and outside in the Bay know why, why Vallejo and Maryland actually is super important and really yeah. interesting place to be. Yeah. And can be even cooler. Yeah. And mm-hmm. more. Interestingly, it, it actually it gives us a way of having a frame around the brand and the story we tell that almost makes it a little easier. This it's so yeah. deep, but it's all about Mare Island. So Ryan and I'll sit down and be like, Hey, we're going to make a, a red ale. You know, let's talk about a name. I'll go down to the museum. We'll flip through things. We're like, Hey, let's Google red under Mare Island. We'll come up with stuff. There's a thousand stories and they're absolutely fantastic. And so right. we talk about commies on Mare Island, you know, like there's just all kinds of things. Which way do we go? Wait, when, yeah. Can we start talking about commies on Mare Island? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, I actually want to, uh, this is a perfect segue because we do have a red ale to try. So we're going to take a quick break uh, so you can hear some wonderful words from our sponsors. And we'll be right back with more Mare Island on the session. Welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We are still with Ryan Gibbons and Kent Fortner from Mare Island Brewing Company. That's in Vallejo. And uh, we just we were talking before the break about uh, a red ale. 
And uh, in our glass now we have their, I think it's Benny Suggs Red Ale. The Benny Suggs Red Ale, yeah. Is this another um, figurehead of the Mare Island history? So what I've heard over time is that uh, many people were Benny Suggs or somebody's uncle was Benny Suggs. But the uh, story behind that, what, who's Benny Suggs, Fortner? So that is short for Beneficial Suggestions. Okay. And there is a woman, she can't be over five foot, who uh, is the sort of historian at the Mar- uh, Island Historic Park Foundation at the museum. And we went in there to her and we said, hey, we're, making a, we're making a red ale. And uh, I said, well, this is how we're making it is we do this thing called Brewer's Boot Camp, which is a cool thing that Ryan does where we take some of our Yardbirds, which is our beer club members, and they come in and they can uh, brew a beer. And not only do they brew a beer, they help decide the, the style. And then also we take them through, this is how we name things. And so I was telling Joyce, I'm like, hey, we're trying to get something related to red, but it's actually our, our beer club actually came up with this. And she's like, oh, it's just like a beneficial suggestion. And I'm like, uh-huh, what's that? And she's like, well, we actually called it Benny Suggs. And I'm like, uh-huh, now we're getting that? somewhere. And so the beneficial suggestions program, anybody who's was in the Navy in the, pa- in the past probably knows about it, but you can basically put something in a suggestion box. And if they um, accept this, they'll give you a gift card or Joyce told me a great story. There's a big building, building 680 on Mare Island. It's massive. They used to build submarines in it, and it was open at both ends, and the wind would just howl down that thing. She Mm. put in a suggestion to drop some plastic curtains in there to keep the wind from blowing her papers everywhere when she was going around, and she got an ashtray. Uh, That was her thing for getting the uh, the benefit of suggestion. She didn't smoke. Yeah. 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 Amazing. And um, so we named it uh, Benny Suggs after that, and the, the Yardbirds who brewed this just absolutely went bonkers. They absolutely loved it. Yardbird, you said, is the name of your club? That's the name of our beer club. That, okay. uh, that comes from, if you were a civilian on Mare Island, which was the majority of the people on Mare Island, the military folks would refer to you as a shipyard bird or a yard bird. It was not the most uh, complimentary thing to okay. say to somebody, but we have embraced that. And if you join our beer club, uh, you are a yard bird and okay, uh, you nice. get invited to yard bird parties. There's the brewer's boot camp. We have all these different things we do for the yard birds. That's like great. You guys have such great marketing. That's, <laughs> I think that's perfect. I know it comes yeah. from history, so it's not just a gimmick. It's really, yeah, I like just like the meanings are fantastic. I think that's the easiest thing is the authenticity behind it. It's, yeah. it's you know, uh, I mean, this is kind of off topic because I don't have the beer here, but you know, the survivor's tale pale ale we do is um, in honor of the USS Indianapolis, mm. which was the largest loss of U.S. Uh, sailor life in open water still to date. Uh, it was a famous ship that um, its last overhaul was on Mare Island during World War II. They got everybody on the boat and uh, went out to Hunter's Point and picked up a secret package that not even the, the captain knew what it was. Raced out to Hawaii and then to Tinanen Island and dropped that secret component off and then was torpedoed by a Japanese sub where 1,137 were on board, 813 wow. hit the water, and 317 were rescued. Five, the, five the, days later. Five days right. later. Most of them were eaten by sharks. This I know is the this, Jaws yeah. story yeah. And, and everything. We're oh. opening the tap room, and I get a phone call out of nowhere where this young lady says, hey, um, I don't know if you know, but the, the Indianapolis story, and this year's the 69th anniversary of it, and I'm the daughter of one of the survivors, and we're doing San Francisco as the theme this year, and uh-huh. this was uh, 2014, and we hadn't even opened the tap room yet, and uh, she wanted me to send beer to Indianapolis. You know? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, you know, th- that was just not going to happen, but we had our logo pint glasses. I shipped it out to them for that. Uh, they ended up having Anchor Steam in it for the San Francisco uh, Bay Area, so that was nice. But yeah. from there, we created a beer called the Survivor's Tale Pale <clears throat> Ale because I created a relationship with this organization. Mm. And we now have a beer that continues to tell their story and how the Indianapolis was on Mare Island wow. to where we've done um, a documentary release on Mare Island yeah. um, at where 
a filmmaker's uh, over 10 years got all all of the history that was still alive mm-hmm. and we um she did um releases around the country and we did a two-night event on mare island in the uh, old museum donated all the money back to the uh, angel Gwyn uh, foundation that is a scholarship for anybody for um of the survivors and um from that i've now been uh, an honorary survivor of the indianapolis and my dad's a huge naval wow. history uh guy and you know, like when she first said, have you heard of the Indianapolis story? Like, just like right now, as I'm telling the hair on my arm stood up because <laughs> there's like, so just getting to the point all the way through that tangent is we couldn't put this on a business plan and have that authenticity. No, like that no. phone call was just an answered phone call. And to, to be able to honor and, and, and tell that story is just incredible. And well, you, you're right that you can't just, you can't make it up and you can't really plan for that, but you did plan to have your brewery in that location and be a part of the history because you could have just opened any old, you know, they probably were happy to, to, to be they renting were. space to somebody, they right? Were. But you did make that, <laughs> that like active choice that, well, if we're going to do it here, we're, we're going to really be a part of this. So uh, that's what I really like about it. And it does then come with authenticity. Uh, the beer is fantastic. Thank you. What a great red ale. It is. It is. It's spot on. I mean, it's like, hits all the points. Exactly. Yeah. Bitterness is there. Malt's there. Nice crystal sweetness, but it's not overpowering. Mm-hmm. Thank the you. aroma is there. It's really, it's really nice. I gotta say, this is one that I, I, I think I actually, I, I, I don't mind saying, I think I stole from Jamil <clears throat> when I was doing, uh, <laughs> a boy, uh, doing some research. Uh, I, I saw, and I, I, I just want to say it, it, from that, but the hint of chocolate malt in there mm. is, the, is the thing that yeah. that small percentage in there, and I just, I sprinkled a little in, and you don't know it until I say it, but once it's there and you, yeah. it's just a nice finish that, that, that I didn't expect would really tie it together. So uh, thank you. Yeah. What did you do uh, as far as water treatment? Do you do anything? So we reverse osmosis and mm-hmm. then build back in the uh, mash tun. So just build salts back in. Nothing, nothing too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, no. I, I can tell you a funny story. When we started the brewery itself, um, we were doing water testing for, as, as you should. Yeah. And uh, we got the water test back and like, Ryan, we kind of talked it over. We figured out our plan. This is how it's all going to work or whatever. And then we, we had already, I mean, we had bought equipment. We were starting to install. I'm like, let's run another test on the water. Just, just kind of make sure we run another test and what comes back almost opposite just of, of what we did the first time. Go down to the water department. I'm like, Hey guys, what, what's going on here? And they're like, Oh, well, we're Vallejo. We have these amazing water rights. Vallejo has three times more water than they use. They actually try to sell their excess water because they've been around so long. But they have three different sources. They have a subsurface source, they have a lake, and then they have the North Bay Aqueduct. And I was like, so they're coming from different sources? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so how are we going to know what's coming our way? And he's like, I don't know. Some days at like 2 o'clock, I'm taking this source, and at 2.30, I'm swinging it over to here. <laughs> and so that wow. was a, I don't know. And we don't know how far down the trunk line we are. So. Yeah. And, I can't and the was, brewery's already built at this point, you're saying, right? Built, and so then it was like, well, Ryan, we need to buy one more piece of equipment and get this yeah. reverse osmosis yeah. put in here. You know, ultimately, you kind of want it and need it to make the brew you want to brew anyway. But sure. when we were rubbing two nickels together and that's all we had, that was kind of a that was kind of a brutal. Um, it, yeah, is that brutal. because of the look? Is that because of what was going on on the island that they had that wa- those water rights in place? I'm sure because I mean that because it's that's kind of very unique in the area. I mean, most of our water comes from you know Hetch Hetchy or lower dams. You know, it's all snow, snow melt. So, I mean, and occasionally yeah. we get it from the delta when it gets pretty dry, which is probably will this year. Um, but that's interesting. Yeah. It, I mean, just, it, it speaks to how long Vallejo has been there and the yeah. power of the federal government to have right. a Navy base there to make sure they've got everything they need as they're growing, et cetera. But there's some laws against selling water, but that's one of the things that they're trying to do. Cause we actually have tons of water rights. Yeah. It's remarkable. Wow. Yeah. Where does it go if they don't sell it? I don't even well, understand. It's, 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 you're not supposed to be able to sell it. The state actually just takes it back and then, okay. they, then they sell it. 
<laughs> of course they do. Yeah. Oh, you don't need it? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to take it back. And you'll never have it again, by the way. Yeah. Your water till it's our water. Yeah. You always got to spend your budget, whether it's your budget or your water budget. But it's, it's it always super quality water. It just happens to have a different, you know, hardness and, sure. and different capacity. Than when we'll, well, you have to have the reverse osmosis because you just can't, like, predict it. Exactly. Yeah. When we used to, he's not there anymore, but um, crazy Colin Kaminsky, uh, the mad scientist who uh, was at Downtown Joe's for years. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. was on the show several times. But I know Colin. He, he I was, was on his show. Yeah, oh, oh yeah. His show. Yeah, yeah. That's right. He did the show in Napa too. Yeah. But he was saying at the brewery there the, a similar thing. He never knew what water he was going to get. So they must have been getting it from multiple sources right in Downtown Napa too. Mm-hmm. And so even his tiny brewery had to buy a reverse osmosis at, at one point because it just, he couldn't predict Anything. So we never thought of that. Yeah, in the, in the Bay Area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you how do you how do you predict that one? Yeah, yeah. but I love this beer. It's and, good. and if you're going to do a classic style of beer, which I know you guys really enjoy, Jamil's the guy you steal from. Yeah, he's the classic style guy. You know, yeah. he wants you to steal from him. I That's mean, it. it's one yeah. of the things that I don't mind admitting. You know, yeah, uh, no. home brewers have the best ability to to try all the things that I don't need to try. And right. so, and I'm not saying that was Jamil, but I really like to to look at a, lo- a broad spectrum of you know what what's in the red ales aside. And so, you really get a lot of understanding of from from the home brewers, honestly. About yeah, that. yeah, I agree. Hey, you already tried that, okay? You know, oh wow, that chocolate that actually sounds kind of interesting. I don't have to brew through a full you know six batches to get to that interesting point. So, right, right. You know that that's that's been one thing that's been super great about the home brewers is uh, really leaning in and seeing what you guys are doing out there. Absolutely. Do you use one yeast across your ales, or do you pick and choose for depending on the style? Mostly, um, most of the ales we use zero zero one White Lab. You okay, know, it's the California ale yeast. It's just it's clean. It's it's pretty pretty uh, replicable. We can get it you know whenever we need, and it's yeah. you know even if we run out, there's a local brewery around for sure that we can we can get it from. Scoop it up, yeah. Because uh, this has some nuances that I thought maybe you'd have done in English yeast, but you've just done that all with malt. Yeah, just just yeah. some malt in that. Yep. Yeah. Uh, definitely leaning in on the uh, the the Maris Otter so that you know got that good get good. Heavy background in there. Yeah. Uh, Munich, of course, a little caramel. And then, um, like I said, just finishing with a nice little sweet chocolate. That's yeah, it. it's nice. Yeah. I do have, I did do uh, Summit Centennial and Amarillo in there with just a, a hint of Cascade. So nice. Yeah, it's just, it was a, a fun little, a fun little one to, to write because all of these beers are, are just classic in style. You don't really have to mess them up, you know, or, or try different things. You just really got to get all the components right and, and check the, I hate to say check the box, but make sure that the Benny Suggs was right. I'm yeah. right to the Yardbirds. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's such a great name too. Yeah. I really like I it. I was trying to, I, I, have you ever, can you do a Jamil impersonation? I can't. I was no. like, well, well. He was like a lot of, well, well yeah. you, you can use a little. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You're going to have to pay me some money because what you said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jamil's going to be on the show in two days. As a oh, is he fact. really? Wow. Yeah. A little, uh, I don't think he's going to be able to tell me everything. He's probably, uh, got, yeah. he's probably got confidentiality agreements or something, but oh, we're going to talk about is. buyouts and yeah. things yeah. like that. Um, I'll leave a five dollar bill on the desk here for him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you didn't get bought out yet, did you, Sally? You, you're not gonna, you're not gonna not give me the scoop, are you? We are the not. Exclusive. We have not been bought out. Okay, but we have. Because if we, I read the paper tomorrow, well, what do you? How do you want to handle this? <laughs> you want to like call you in the morning, like the, yeah, the yeah. night before it happens? Yeah. Hey, remember we had this conversation on the show with the guys from Mare Island? Well, yeah. guess what? They're uh, buying us. I'm gonna, I'm, they're buying us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I got a big house on Mare Island. Right. I'm yeah. You from our private, <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. I got it. I'm calling you from the private jet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. One. It's uh, called Twenty Second Amendment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The new brand. The new brand. Yeah. So uh, 
Mare Island was uh, was naval, uh, like I like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, like through the nineties. So into the Cold War, into and into the end of of the Cold War, even correct. And there's this one story. It's on your website, so I'm not some like genius researcher or anything. But <laughs> just um, leave that part out and just tell, like, <laughs> like you knew it you all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah. About this sub, this top secret submarine. Is this what everybody wants to know about no, this? It's, top, one of, it's one of my favorite. Okay, good. It's one of my this, favorite beers too. This 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 top secret submarine mission to the waters in Russia. Correct. Uh, what was the the submarine called? So or, or the mission? The mission was called Operation Ivy Belts. It was that okay. was the that was the secret mission. And I got to tell you, it, it happened in this this building. You can come down and show it to you. Called the Pink Palace. It's pink because there's iron oxide paint on the outside of ten layers of mesh, uh, metal mesh, to avoid any detection through the walls. So oh, the yeah. Cold War is the precursor to the CIA. That's a precursor to the NSA. And on the board of the foundation that I'm on, there's two guys that actually worked in this building, and it has a sign over it that says Ocean Engineering. And that was the, the, the front for mm-hmm, what was mm-hmm. going on behind there. So there's a gentleman uh, or an admiral named Rickover. He's kind of famous for being the father of the nuclear Navy. And he had postulated that between Moscow and the main naval base, there had to be a communications cable that went down underneath this sea. I can't pronounce it. And yeah, popped Mosk. up the other side. Yeah, I was trying Mosk. to pronounce it too. I just gave The up. Russian sea. And, yeah. And so <laughs> they plotted all this um, in the Pink Palace there on Mare Island. They sent a submarine over. My understanding is only five guys on the submarine knew they were going because there's no windows on a submarine, so they, they didn't know. <laughs> sure, They're yeah. in Soviet waters in the middle of detente with the Soviets. They're not supposed to be there. They go around the outside of the sea with the periscope up looking for a sign in Russian that says, warning, cable crossing here. That's what oh, they were looking wow. for. They find the sign. They trace the cable on the submarine down to four, the deepest part of the sea, which is 400 feet deep. Yeah. They eject two divers and a piece of equipment that was built back in ocean engineering. They strap this thing onto this cable. The Soviets thought this cable was so secure where it was that they didn't encode anything that went through that cable. And for nine years, we sent a submarine (laughs) over every six months and swapped out the recording device, brought it back to Mare Island, transcribed everything out of Russian and sent it back to the Pentagon. <laughs> and they, the claim is that um, Reagan used to read these readouts himself because it would let him know as he was putting pressure on the Soviets, how were they reacting? Were we pushing them to the brink or were we pushing them to the brink of disaster? Were they about to fold, et cetera? Wow. It's this amazing thing. And, and just fast forward to, just to, to bring history to light, we're building out the Coal Shed Brewery, which is where we, where we built our brewery. And um, the electrician who works for us, hmm. he's kind of an older gentleman, or not older, but he's, he's, he's old enough to do this. He was on one of those subs. No kidding. And he was one of the radio guys. So he was one of the five on board who actually knew what was happening back in that day. And there's this amazing book. It's called Blind Man's Bluff. And it's written about this whole thing. It's all classified information that the book wrote. And what's crazy is I go and talk to uh, the guys who are on the foundation board with me who worked in ocean engineering, who worked on these kind of projects. Wow. And they're like, we're not talking about it. No kidding. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not talking about it? I just read the book. And they're like, but it has not been declassified to me. And so I'm not talking about it. And so what was they, the name of the book again? I'm sorry. It's called Blind Man's Bluff. Okay. And it yeah. opens, you'll love this. It opens with a scene. I mean, it's perfect for a movie of a drunk sailor in a bar called the Horse and Cow, which we also make a beer called the Horse and Cow, <laughs> which, was the of sub, which was the submariners like dive bar. I mean, Google it That's on YouTube. That's where you, the debauchery. Do, Google oh, yeah. it on YouTube when you're not at work sometime. That's okay, all I have okay. to say. All right. So the Horse and Cow, and there's a, there's a guy in the Horse and Cow, a sailor who knows about this whole thing, hammered calling the white house to congratulate the president on what an awesome secret mission this is because he's so hammered and the white house is calling the captain on the island of mare island saying you need to get down to the horse and cow drag this guy out of the phone booth and tell him to shut that you know up yeah and that's how the whole book starts and it tells the whole story of this thing and it's it's an amazing i mean 
Wow. I could spend another hour telling you all the details on this, but Let's that's do the it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sorry, yeah. So we make, we make uh, Ivy Bells, and on the label of Ivy Bells Pilsner, which is actually my favorite beer of the ones we make, quite frankly, mm-hmm. is a picture of a diver headed down to, um, to address uh, this, holding this, so holding I've, a cable. this device. I have seen that, that logo. I've seen the can, and I, I have no idea. Yeah. That's the coolest thing. Yeah, wow. and you can come see the Pink Palace. It's sitting right there. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's there. Yeah, we've been, we've been in it. Ryan and I have toured through the insides of it, and like I said, I, half the stuff that happened in Mare Island, we may not even know because it's right. classified stuff. But Cold War, everybody thought, oh, Sleepy Mare Island, there's only like 3,000 people out there, whatever. They were doing some crazy stuff. Absolutely. And I feel like such a dope because I've known about Mare Island, yeah. and, uh, and yeah. but I just, you know, very little idea about yeah. the actual history. And especially, you know, when you hear shipyard, you're like, okay, I get it. Like, we made ships <laughs> for the war. But to find out all of these other nuances, yeah. Yeah. you I mean, know. It, I'm, I'm also fascinated by like, like, like facilities like that have been, like, that, are, that aren't up and running anymore there's just remnants of it so anytime yeah. i go to alameda island you know kind of down by faction all this i'm mean, like you drive you see these huge hangars yeah and like any and this you know the, where they're you know there's a you know there's a place where they're like repairing buses it has the sound door it, it's like giant it's just wild what what they're using it now for but the history of what of that place and your place uh is just phenomenal yeah. and I, mean, I love this just this, to be able to like you know like poke around and see like you know break into a building and I mean I know I'm, I don't want to do that but I mean just to <laughs> yeah, see like it you know yeah <laughs> I it bet, happens I bet it is does, that dive yeah. bar still around no it, it is not it's actually uh it it was a family that opened bars close to shipyards and so apparently there's still one in Hawaii and there's one in Guam, in, I think it's in Guam, Guam. and one in Seattle or uh, sorry up in uh, Portsmouth where that uh, shipyard is and so when we came out with the horse and cow they caught wind of it and saw it oh. and they wanted us to sh- of course ship it up to washington oh really oh, yeah, right so, they didn't uh, say don't do this yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's what i was waiting to hear right yeah, i mean that was that's the first what I done. Okay. Yeah, we, we could spend a whole show on trademarks but then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know we spend Next a lot of time could. uh doing our due diligence yes. and also reaching out to people and saying we want to do this we want to commemorate this are you guys cool with this so that we don't we don't surprise anybody on this stuff because particularly mm. with all the stuff on Mare Island, a lot of this stuff, it just goes deep and you don't want to offend anybody. I mean, yeah. that's, that's something you got to be careful about because you're trying to honor something, not sure, not, you know, and as they say, really, history is written by those that write it and we're not trying to write the history. No, yeah. So we're just trying to honor it, yeah. but that's a real responsibility. And, and I could see your, your, your caution because you, you well, you don't want to offend anybody, step on any toes or really like even, you don't want to get it wrong. Like you care about this history. Correct. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of responsibility there. I mean, just the, just that story alone, the process. So, you know, Ivy Bells is a great name. We yeah, want to do yeah. a, a Pilsner. It's cold fermented. It's the Cold War. You know, you yeah, kind of start, yeah. we sent the building blocks are all around. And the next thing you know, you just have this amazing story. And at the end of it, you're like, damn, and that beer was good. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you guys have a marketing team that helps you with this? Or is just kind of you two cooking <laughs> this up? That's what I thought. Okay. Well, yeah, who writes job. the label? I wrote the original labels, probably. Ryan would then edit them. But we actually, we, we finally hired a marketing guy. He's killer. His name's he's Max. Fantastic. And he's a great writer and he's hilarious. And so he's actually kind of taken up the mantle on probably the last three or four beers that we've written. Okay. And that's really fun, actually, to now just sit back and edit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, all right. And so let's talk about that, too, because you guys must be busy. You, you, you now have three locations. So the original tap room is... On Mare Island. Uh, it's actually on the uh, Vallejo Ferry Terminal. Ah, and, that's right. Yeah, okay. and, and that was kind of hard for me at first when we were looking at the location, but then when you get in, because it's not on Mare Island, but yeah. when you're inside of it, it's a 180 degree waterfront view and all you see is Mare Island. So if you were, if we opened the first one on Mare Island, you wouldn't see it because you just see the building next to you, but 
you really get the experience of the cranes and the the old buildings. I mean, it the dry looks, docks. The yeah. dry docks. I mean, the, I mean, heck, the dry docks are in um in operation now. So we get a big ship on the waterfront. I mean, it's just it's, right you know, there. It, there's Instagram photos yeah. all day long. Like and you <laughs> brewed the beer there as well, or that was just a tasting room. So we started by doing the. Uh, we had to do a small amount of brewing in there, but we mostly did contracts. So okay. uh, we set up at Carneros Brewing Company. I had a tank that I owned there, and I had a key, and I gave him a check, and that's what we did. And so Got I it. did all the work through that. Um, but we knew the Sejas that owned it from the wine industry. So that was just a, a, a happened that, you know, we're wine guys and trying to open beer. And we're like, hey, these guys got a brewery. So yeah, yeah. Kind of helped out. Okay. Yeah. So that's the first location. You have that for a couple of years before? We just actually did our eight-year anniversary, uh, the 21st. Yeah. Okay. We, we, the coal sheds on Mare Island, they stored coal for the steamships in the Navy. And they were built 1898 to 1906. And quickly coal became obsolete they went to diesel fuel whatever so it became shipwrights plumbers etc so these really cool old buildings that sit right on the waterfront mm. right there and uh, we actually moved into one that's kind of a warehouse and an office and it was just shy of a david lynch movie like the whole thing was really <laughs> it was really a little spooky and then the 2014 earthquake happened yep. and basically the ceiling opened up and when it rained it was like raining inside and so we had to move out and then I was at a actually a party and the developers of the island were there and I overheard them saying that they were obligated to redo these coal sheds as part of the National Historical Landmarks. And so I saddled up to them and I'm like, hey, how about we be your kind of cornerstone tenant? We'll design the insides. You guys handle the outsides, et cetera. I don't think they nor we had any clue what we had just decided to do. I, I remember the developer when we got done said, I could have knocked this thing down and rebuilt it four times for the cost of right. rebuilding anything, but it's a national landmark. Sure. And so- yeah. That's always the case when that's when, the, yeah, when that's yeah, what's happening. And, and you know, as of, as we've said over and over, that's part of our mission. So yeah. we're super proud of that. But so we redid this old coal shed, mm-hmm. and it, we have a coal shed brewery on the waterfront. You can see the ferry tap room across the water. The ferry oh, tap room yeah. can okay. see us. Um, we actually rode the very first keg that we made at the coal shed. We rode it across the strait and <laughs> delivered it to the ferry tap. Nice. Got a, great, got a great picture of Ryan delivering the beer right there. We have a rowing team that rows out in the strait and stuff. Do you only communicate with each other through you like flashing four, lights? And, four, yeah, 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 okay. yeah. and also pigeons. You okay. Carry your pigeons. You have to have carry yeah. pigeons. We got a, yeah. a beer called Three Pigeons because they did uh, communication by pigeon on the island. Wow. Prior to radio, they, did, uh, wow. they gave three pigeons to every ship that left Mare Island. And they were supposed to send one back at the mouth of the Golden Gate, 20 miles out. And the record for a pigeon, this is amazing. The record for a pigeon flying back to Mare Island from sea was 452 miles. What? That's without, that's over water. So it never stopped all the way back. So it was one-way communication back in the day for them yeah. to be able to say, here's what the weather's like and the swells are like and we Enemy. have an emergency, yeah. whatever, yeah. Confederates, pirates, whatever it has. But so, yeah, it was, it was a pigeon coop on top of the island. That's before insane. It was wow. So yeah, we, we, we communicate via pigeon. pigeon yeah, yeah, I like we, that. You guys have cell phones though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys. Yeah, we, we try. I mean, you're yeah. wearing these can leathers. I, can I add one more thing? To yeah, they, they tie the, the cell phones, phones to the pigeons. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they, don't, so, they haven't figured out how to use them yet. <laughs> you were talking about, um, we were talking about our yard bird. We do these yard bird parties twice a year and we always try to do a contest during the yard bird party. So people come in. We started with cornhole. We realized how competitive everybody is with cornhole. And so yeah, we're like, oh, yeah. let's do horseshoes. Let's do, and we, we start coming up with wackier and wackier. So when we released three pigeons, we actually had a pigeon fancier, a pigeon guy, come down from Napa. His his pigeons lived in Napa, and we released them on the waterfront, and all of the yardbirds bet on which pigeon would get back to Napa the fastest. Oh, wow. And uh, it was one of the best parties we ever had. It was, yeah. it was, actually, it was actually during COVID that we did it, and everybody was sitting uh, pandemically spaced, right? Watching these pigeons take off, and we had we had that's when we first got Max's marketing guy. And we're like, all right, 
Ryan, you take two pigeons. I'm going to take two pigeons. Max can take two pigeons. And we're going to write backgrounds on the pigeons. And you can make up whatever you want. And you had like yeah, Kevin, yeah. the accountant. And you had El Gordo, who used to be the Mexican champion and all these different things. Yes. Anyway, it's it's been really fun to take like stuff like that and then take it all the way through to just a ridiculous party where everybody learns about this. And, oh, and then great. at yeah. the end of it, we find out that the fancier, the pigeon fancier, actually worked on Mare Island yeah. for 15 years. And he started wow. his pigeon career on Mare Island by some guy teaching him how to... How to um, how to that's amazing care for pigeons if yeah. you come to Maryland, you'll find there'll be some guy probably in his 50s 60s maybe 70s you drive around Maryland, there'll be somebody just staring at a building and if you go up there and talk to them they'll start telling you how they worked on the third floor there used to be a safe up there they're wondering if that safe's still there they <laughs> wow still know, yeah you know, just whatever yeah. it is yeah that's funny do they offer tours of uh, those buildings or is it um not so much the buildings just because of safety and liability issues yeah. and all that stuff, but uh, every Saturday or two Saturdays a month, first and third, the foundation puts on a group tour and there is St. Peter's Chapel, which is the oldest uh, naval chapel on the West Coast. It's amazing. Hmm. And a walking tour of Mare Island. So yeah, if you if you look it up. But aren't you a member of the historical society? So I'm actually the president of the board. He's of, the pres, pre- yeah. Board of directors. Not just, of the, so, not just the president. I'm a member. All, yeah. <laughs> all I heard is you have keys. Yeah. We, yes. Yes. <laughs> all I heard inside tour. He has a, he has a lead proof suit he could wear. We can go into those buildings with that, right? There you go. There you go. Um, can I ask you uh, something on the business side? Because you're dealing with historical buildings, uh, does that mean that the historical society or the government uh, funded or helped fund the the rebuild for your for the coal shed? That would have been nice. Oh, no, I wouldn't. I say... would have thought that was that. That's why your ears perked up. Even no, no, they didn't. They didn't fund it at all. Oh. actually, in fact, we had to submit all the plans. I was going to say, so you had to answer everything. to them, but with no real return. <laughs> we did. Although I will say this: that like because of what we did, um, it bought us a lot of bona fides in the community with mm. the historical groups with everything else, and so. It's come back to us kind of tenfold in okay. terms of what we've done, but no, it was not. Okay. Uh, it's a, well, like, like you already mentioned how much more expensive it would have been than a oh. building. It's also quite a large space that you oh. renovated, right? Yeah. Yeah. 8,000 square foot. Yeah. Uh, okay. And you wow. put in what, like a 15 barrel brewery? 15 barrel brew house. Yeah. I've got some 30s and 15. Okay. Yeah. And so that was the first time that you guys were not contract brewing. It's once the coal shed was built. Uh, it was 2017 when we yeah. moved into that space. So okay. yeah, I did our first brew in June in 2017. It's so. partner brewing, by the way. Part, I, swear, I always forget that, Sully. Gosh, <laughs> dang it. Sorry. Right. I mean, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, now I haven't been there uh, and I'll be honest and there, there's now, there's a third tap room that's in Benicia. Uh, yeah. That's the only one I've been to. So I got to get out to Mare Island. Um, and I've been through the, the ferry terminal, but I think I was rushing for the ferry. Yeah. So I didn't notice that, that you were there. Um, but I really do want to come see the coal shed. I mean, it looks like a cool spot. Yeah, I want, we should get out there. I want to we yeah. well, we'll check out the say, island too. If you, if you've been on the ferry before, what was the name of that ship you were on? The conch, the, what was it? The, the Cunard. Queen Elizabeth. No, the other one, the the Cunard, Queen Mary, the the Cunard, the Cunard. The Cunard. Yeah, so that's the line. But so, they have like other... they don't. They might not have the twenty one A on there. But on the ferry, you can get Mare Island Brewing Company beer on your way in if oh, you're coming yeah. from San Francisco over to the ferry terminal. So next time, if you miss us, you can at least get yeah. the beer on the boat on the way. Yeah, over. what a the great plug. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> the way yeah. You, you tied it all <laughs> in there. Yeah. Yeah. Right the the back. problem was I didn't write Cunard down. Yeah, yeah. But you figured it out. Well, the only time I've taken the ferry is when I when I take it to the Giants games too. 
But Perfect. I got to cry. I mean, it's just, it's not convenient. It's just a fun day. Yeah. Right. Because I can just. Of it. Yeah. But it is a fun day. So, yeah, I don't want to. So, but then the, the brewery opens, but not with a tasting room right away. Right. You guys only recently, I thought, opened the, 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 the or is it a restaurant there? What is, what is at the coal shed? At the coal shed. Um, so and we really, you know, since they're so close to each other, the fairy tap room and the coal shed brewery, I mean, literally, I'm just trying to figure out how to, I can shoot the kegs across the water. I just don't know how to catch them yet. Mm. That's how close it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, um, the community they is have so a canoe, s- though, or something. Yeah, yeah but, but the you know, it takes too long. Labor, you know, wages going up. Yeah, <laughs> but the the all I heard was wham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There has to be a way. Yeah, um, but you know, we didn't. It, it didn't make sense to open two tap rooms within eyesight of, eyesight of each other before the pandemic. And one of the things we really were able to lean into and have is some, a lot of waterfront space. Mm-hmm. And so we really just had the coal shed. It's a beautiful l- venue for events, private events before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pandemic hit, breweries couldn't, you know, we couldn't have people tasting unless you had food. The t- fairy tap room was fine, but the, the, the coal shed brewery, we used to just cater it ourselves or cater out. So we ended up um, buying a food truck. <laughs> and so, oh, nice. Yeah, so we, we decided on a Tuesday and bought it on a next Monday. So wow. We got it done. Wow. And, and what we ended up finding out is, is I don't know if it, again, I don't know if COVID helped it or, or whatnot, but maybe we were a bit wrong. It's a, totally different customer between the two you mm. know it is the older fa- older crowd plus family crowd on the coal shed brewery side okay you know, there's a lot more space to let the kids run around with the chalk and you know over at the ferry tap room is more the commuter the the younger crowd the mm-hmm. you know it's kind of more hustle bustle so we actually have two unique environments right Perfect. on the waterfront across from each other that you know the community can actually celebrate the same thing but in a different space and we, comfortability. we also had i think was unique yeah, to a certain extent in the bay area was we could put 18 picnic tables out there, keep them all six feet apart outside. Mm-hmm. And so when the slightest hint that people could go back out and dine outside, if they were pandemically spaced, we had it all right there on the waterfront and Vallejo is legendary for having phenomenal weather. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. it was, it was kind of like, so then we kicked into all that and suddenly we had this clientele and we're like, wow, this is really working. So then we could go back to doing private events, but we'd have to kick everybody out of the tap room to do them. So then we actually built a little private event space right next door and that's become our, here's, you can do a private event in here, or you can do it in the brewery and we'll flip the public over into this little private event space, which is super I cool. See. It's called the whaleboat room. Yeah. And, uh, so now we've kind of got both those things going on over there at the brewery, as well as just, that's where we all, it's kind of the spiritual center of the company. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Don't you guys have a big like cornhole tournament coming up there? It's there or something, or did I did that pass? Well, no, we we do have our wholesale cornhole tournament. I mean, heck, oh, is that what yeah, I saw? I was say, okay. You're one of our clients. You're gonna have to bring some. Uh... Maybe that's why I saw it. Maybe it was in my email for that. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're we uh, you know, of course, we like to have you guys come back to the mothership and see yeah, the, the, yeah. the cool old dusty things. Hey, that we're pretty good at cornhole out. around here too. Yeah, Team well, Hopkinade might kick some ass. Well, get yeah. your whoa, name on the whoa. trophy. You know, <laughs> uh, so we have a trophy that I made. It's a a, a piece of timber from the coal shed. It's you know, it's a a hundred year old poplar on the waterfront's not going anywhere. The grain's just so tight. Yeah. Cut yeah. that. And then we found when we were doing the, uh, redoing the floors, lumps of coal. I mean, literally like, wow. I was, yeah. I, we, we just, I, I was like, Oh, it'd be so cool when we do the floor. If we see lumps of coal and, there was a strata down there where it was right. just you're like, this isn't very cool anymore. Yeah, well, it was cool. I mean, we had selfies. I called him down. I said, okay, check it out. And then after like the fifth one, I was like, all right, I got a box full of coal now. And, yeah, yeah. But yeah. I got this huge lump of coal and that's our wholesale trophy is it's the wholesale, you know, you, you come to win the lump, get your yeah, name on yeah. the lump. And oh, heck if yeah. you want it, the, the lump stays here until next year. So oh, it does? Know, bragging rights. Mm, uh, you know, ABC laws, I can only get you bragging rights, but. All right. We're yeah. going to have to talk about this after the show. We might need to put together a team. But, you know, with our Yardbird parties, that's where we kind of really 
do a lot of the fun fun parties and fun events. I mean, heck, we got a brew cruise coming up. Um, I the, saw that yeah, too. Historic brew cruise. So yeah, so we'll be going out with uh, we have fifty yard birds, and we leave out of Vallejo, and uh, we take about an hour to to float to Benicia or to motor to Benicia, and we tell history all the way along the way. And there's some some really cool history told from the outside of looking down on Mare Island because you can't see it from inside. I see. And then we're going to dock in Benicia, which is about a 45-minute boat right away. And that's where our third tap room is that you said you had visited before. Yeah. Disembark, walk over to Benicia. <gasps> we're doing a whole roasted salmon and, and um, what did say? it was a hanger steak. I, don't, I can't yeah, remember what the, yeah, what some, the meat was. Meat. And then uh, walk back to the boat and then do dessert and beers on the way back on the boat and do more history. So we do little things like this to try to bring more history to it and do some interesting stuff for the yardbirds and stuff. And that's great. And that brings in our, our new location, Benicia, which is the smallest of all our locations and the newest, um, maybe a little higher end concept than what yeah. we've done in the other places. And that's kind of where Ryan's background was restaurants as well. And, and I had a background a long time ago in restaurants <laughs> and it was more in fine dining. So that's been fun to do small plate stuff and things a little bit more, more so than the sort of running gun, you know, pint yeah. of the bar atmosphere that right. we all love. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. why, that's why brewing's awesome. But, to do a little higher end. Uh, What's your food concept out there? So, um, I mean, it, it is just small plate, kind of small bites. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have our MIBC burger that's everyone just loves. And so we, we make sure to have that at all locations, but we have like a slider versions of that. You know, we will do um, nice cuts of salmon. We're doing uh, a Calabrian shrimp dish. Uh, so really just uh, gives our chef comes from uh, Charlie Palmer was his mm-hmm. last, uh, last background. So, you know, we've not that we've kept him in a little bit of a, a pub box, but this was a little place where it's like, all right, the, the the, uh, the booths have buttons in them a little bit. You can kind of, mm. you know, juice it up a little bit here. So Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, let's talk about the beer in our glass now, too. Um, the With another cool name. <laughs> um, I can't wait to find out about. Um, Hydraulic Sandwich West Coast IPA <laughs> is what we have <laughs> in our glass. And I do appreciate you bringing me a West Coast IPA. Yes. Um, do they still make those out here? It's, uh, they do. <laughs> they hey, do. We, I see back. all these New England things. I don't if, know. If Hop Grenade has anything to say about it, we, <laughs> we are supporting. We are in full support. Um, I like this beer. Um, definitely a hop forward West Coast like it should be. And you are using Crystal Malt. I am. Which <laughs> I'm going to commend you for. I've been having these discussions recently because Crystal Malt was such a no-no for a, a while, no. right? Yeah. I just had Liquid it. Gravity on, on the show a couple weeks ago. <laughs> And uh, and I just love his IPAs too, and he's from that that train of thought too. But it was our mutual friend Tasty that taught him: don't listen to the hype. Yeah, you got to have some crystal malt in there, and this is where you get like some actual balance again. Yeah. Now it doesn't have to be crystal malt like the like the mid nineties. Yeah, like, right. Okay, but right. it does have like to be there. Twenty percent like eighty L. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but uh, yeah, this is very nice. Thank you. Yeah, you know, so this was this, so the hydraulic sandwich we. Eat, Coming from Lagunitas, and of course, as we already kind of alluded to, we, we couldn't come out with without having a, a, a good, solid IPA on the West Coast. I mean, no no brewing company can't be based off of that out here. You, you, you flounder. So we're winemakers, though, and that's the thing is the for us, that IPA was just so hop forward or alcoholic and smacky in the ass. And, you know, you're like, oh, my God, I can't even eat anything out of this because my, my palate's wrecked. And, you know, we like to enjoy wine with food. So yeah. there's there's the ability to do that in beer. And, and certainly the IPA is a, a one that done done well and and with a nuance it doesn't it can be this kind of nice middle of the road and so we we developed this one to kind of be the ipa that we can approach and now the the funny thing i say that this has 7.1 percent abv on it but because i more of that malt background we want to have that that interplay of the mouthfeel and 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 work with the hops instead of again just yeah jacking that abv up and and hitting you with all the aroma that that can just deaden your mouth out sure 
No, yeah. you did a nice job. Yeah, it is. It doesn't taste like 7% alcohol. Yeah. What's the crystal malt? Uh, so it's C60. Yeah. Oh, just, wow. Uh, yeah, I used Brie C60 on that. Um, and just, a, um, I think, only 25 pounds in a, you know, a 1,200 or 900-pound uh, mash. Okay. Yeah, it's super small. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's, you not, need that's not pretty aggressive, yeah. No. And that's what Brendan, that's what Liquid Gravity was telling me. It actually, it's not just a balancer, but it's kind of a lifter. Yes. In in yeah. those small quantities. it I think it immediately becomes a... Uh, for lack of a better term, a downer, a suppressor, right. if you get higher than that, because then it just gets so sweet, right? right. But it's it's actually serving to lift up uh, not only the rest of the malt, it but the hops. It holds the back of that hop. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That yeah. gives you that mouth balance instead of the the cloying list that, that like you're saying, too much too much crystal can do. Yeah. yeah. So that, you know, the Three Pigeon IPA that we did, and I throw, that's that's more of my, <laughs> I, that was more of like a throwback 90s style. So that's more of the Cascade and more more crystal in that. And it's okay. so funny because you, you get some of the ones like, I haven't had a beer like this in forever. And so right. you know, that, that's exactly going back to where IPA is just such a good thing to, to, to play around. But yeah. you can get lost in there if that's all you do. <laughs> so. so are you new school hops in this one? What's in this? Uh, no, so uh, Summit, um, Centennial, Amarillo, uh, Citra, and Simcoe. So, go, yeah. yeah, and 90 minute uh, boil, you know, we're doing on the hydro 148, you know, mash temp. So, mm-hmm. you know, just really, uh, really crisp, clean. And I'm not trying to not trying to sell the world out on it, but just trying to make sure that, you know, if you come for an IPA, that it's this t- uh, ticks the box. And even if you didn't, you're like, wow, actually, I, th- I think I do like an IPA. No, it's really well balanced. Yeah. It's got it's really crisp, clean. It's not like it's not shouting in any particular, you know direction uh, but it's all there well thank you yeah it's yeah. good beer it's all so, beer it's a slight um tinge but i got a, kind of a question for sully as we get into this yeah it's like when we first started this was because ryan came over from lagunitas and we're trying to get hops for everything we're, we're just starting this brewing company we just got going and we're going out to start buying hops and they're coming to us saying yeah you need to sign a five-year contract <laughs> and they're talking about amounts and we're like yeah we haven't even started selling this but we don't even we have no idea where this thing's gonna sell or not and I remember that being like one of the biggest challenges we had, right? How the shoot was trying to make these decisions because those five hops, like two or three mm. of them were actually really, really hard to get. Through. I mean, that Still? was like a daily conversation was like, Ryan, did you get any Simcoe? Did you get any Simcoe? Right. Did you get any yeah. Simcoe? Yeah. And I have to say, Luplin Exchange has, has changed the world a lot on that. But I didn't know like if they were taking us to the cleaners because we were new guys or did mm. people like... Well, no, I mean, so, well, first of all, hop contracts. I was just actually talking to uh, Levi Fry, uh, Freed from uh, yeah, Long yeah. Beach yep. about this this morning about hop contracts because he's signing some contracts and had some questions and I just kind of went off on this whole like rant which I won't do now but, <laughs> but yeah. because uh, you'll wonder what you did uh, no like for us in a lot of craft breweries at the time when hops were hard to find this is probably back like in 2014 2015 I mean they were like pressuring you to get contracts and so you really I and mean, we were growing 35 you know percent a year right. now we're not growing 35 percent a year like a lot of craft is kind of like softened a little bit, even though it's, you know, it's coming back around as you talked about earlier in the show. So, um, you know, so we, we signed some crazy contracts that we're still living with. Oh, really? wow. And, and a lot of craft breweries are doing that right. I mean, it's like insane amount of hop. If you need hop, if you need centennial hops. I do. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Cascade. So we were buying yeah. those hops. You know, we made some really bad decisions. I bought some Amarillos at one point for like $22 a pound, wow. which was like ridiculous. Oh, my God. But what I would tell any craft brewer right now, I was saying like, pause don't buy typically the way you buy hops in a contract is you you buy 100 percent of what you need next year let's say and then the, the following year you buy 80 percent, let's say and then the following year after that you so you contract it out and then you top up and that way you can adjust what you need and so uh what i'm finding right now is that because there's been a little bit of a lull there's a lot of hops out there i'm yeah. noticed on spot markets like a you know bsg's website or any of them yakima chi whatever it is that you're seeing like 
almost some hops are even cheaper than what I contracted for. <laughs> so I think that if you're a craft brewery right now, you should be like looking at those spot markets because they are available now. Yes, there are some, you know, sexy hops like in New Zealand, Austria, Australia, uh, you know, those hops are, you, you've got to really, you've got to lock those in. Uh, and the other, the frustrating thing about hop contracts, as I told Levi this morning, is that you have to sort of plan your, your destiny in some ways. Yeah. So if you have like, I mean, I've got like plenty of Centennial and Cascade, um, and I have to use those hops up, you know, and I can't like right. bring in like, you know, new, new world hops that are interesting. I mean, I'm doing it now, more of it now because I've gotten out of all these contracts and, and hop suppliers and farmers are working with you now on that. But right. I mean, it's like, I feel your pain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just made, like, I think a lot of people, they, they get in, like we came from the wine biz and what's interesting about the wine biz is you, you got to commit to this fruit that you're not going to make a wine that's going to be sold for two years. You yeah. don't know how it's going to be received. You know, supply is very inelastic for lack of a better word. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like we're making beer and if, if people like it, just make more. Mm-hmm. Like this is crazy. This is awesome. But then we got hit with this hop contract concept. It's like, wait, I got to forecast five years out on something right. that I don't even know what I'm doing. And that was a real, real, like, I think it's one of those things that like people of homebrewers and they want to get in the business or whatever. They don't realize like there's this whole complicated back end to this that you yeah. can just get yourself backed into a corner if you're not careful. It's happening with grain now too. Grains uh, like because grain prices are going up because of all the, you know, co- you know, co- uh, cogs associated with that. And so you're having to contract grain as well. You have to contract grain. We you know, we do it every year. Mm. But I mean, I just think, you know, the saving grace is that don't get too much right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of hops, you know, like top up, do that concept of topping up. Um, but don't it's get sucked in. We well, got to hedge both sides. Is basically yeah. What you yeah. you, you got to make sure and you have, have some. Cu- and you, have a couple of suppliers because you never know what's going to happen. Right. And, and make friends with the farmers. Like mm-hmm. if you can get up to Yakima during harvest, like right now, it's about to start up there, you know, in probably another uh, less than a month. Um, and you meet those farmers and those relationships are great because mm-hmm. you can actually buy direct in a lot of ways. We, we, right. sent, we sent Ryan right up to, I was like, go to the source, yeah. make, some, make some relationships. And so he went up and, and did a whole hop school up there and everything. Yeah, was, that's key, as you know. Came back with contracts. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you walked in here. I got $5 million worth of contracts <laughs> yeah. here. What, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We're doing this. We were just talking about the cost of the hotel, not a $5 million contract. We're putting Chinook in everything. Yeah. Uh, Three pigeons is going to steal the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great question, though. And I've asked a lot of brewers that because I've I've always thought, God, am I just not very smart? How the hell do you think out five years? Mm-hmm. And a lot of brewers blow smoke up my ass. They won't. They won't. They won't they're not honest like you just were. <laughs> they're like, oh no, you just know. You figure. And I'm like, I don't no, know. You don't know. What? You don't know. Especially as craft beer has been changing and it's been so dynamic, and there's a lot more new, you know, experimental hops that just have n- numbers and not names. Yeah, you know, right. you yeah. know, you talk to brewers sometimes, like, hey, what you think about that HBC five eight six? And we know what we're talking about, and the consumers like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, right. I have no idea. I mean, the passion fruit, stone fruit, it's just insane. It pops. Yeah. <laughs> five eight six is the way to go like there's yeah. nothing because right. they haven't given it a name yet right. so like yeah that's the thing you just have to like I, I i just like just tap on the brakes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's true so the, the um kind of maybe bring it back to the name of this awesome beer, yeah let's learn that sandwich, before we gotta take say, another break hydraulic sandwich so, is the name yeah i love that name so i think that the funny part is this actually ties back to that ivy bell story that didn't come about until we made the ivy bells the connection but so when I was building out the fairy tap room, you know, we, we did the classic, you know, we didn't want to do the butcher paper on all those 180 degree mm-hmm. windows on the waterfront, you know, so we had an old school architect and literally oh. it was maddening, maddening. But one thing we ended up getting. <laughs> awesome guy. Okay. Story yeah, there. Yeah. 
Well, stencil paper. So, like, you know, everybody else is like, you know, 3D CAD, CAD yeah. drawings and everything. Yeah. He's on stencil paper. Right. So, with anytime we'd got a new new plans, we'd get the full on <laughs> roll every time. So, I mean, we had these rolls just sitting in the office that wasn't, you know, the corner of the coal shed that was a dusty ass place. But so I was like, all right, well, let's put, let's put the iterations up so yeah. the community can see what we're, you know, at least what the inside concept was. So, uh, and I'd get knocks on the door all day long about, oh, we're so glad you're coming. Well, one day I opened the door and the little lady Sherry's at the door. You know, I'd say she's five foot two, uh, probably late sixties. And she's just like, I just want to say, I think, you know, the fact that you guys are opening a brewing company based off of Mary Island is just fantastic. She goes, I used to work across the water over there in that pink building. If I told you what I did, I'd have to kill you. And I said, <laughs> I was like, I was, well, like ma'am, yeah. I was like, ma'am, I got a lot to do today. So maybe let's keep the words tight and let's get this point. Here. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes, well, I just, I got to say, you know, we used to take the ferry across all the time and we'd come over here on our lunch breaks and a lot of us would have hydraulic sandwiches and go right back to work. And so a brewery based off of Mary Island is just so fitting. I'm, I'm so pumped you guys are here. And I was like. What's, a hydraulic sandwich? You know, I, I mean, yeah, I already think I've been to New Zealand, Bulgaria. I've been around the world a little bit, and I'm like, I, I think I, I know I'm up on it. But so she just takes and she thumps. I'm six two. I was like, she's five, she thumps me in my shoulder. She goes, "Come on, boy, that's when you throw some beers back for lunch." <laughs> and lunch. I, I'm literally like, I've got, wow. I've got, I'm like, oh my, I couldn't write it down fast enough. Yeah. And so you know, we get back to and as we're like trying to name these first beers, and you know, all of we have the Saginaw Golden Nail was our first beer. It was the first ship built on Mare Island, and you know, it's got the a, a regal story and then. You know, we keep going back to, you got to have a fun name in there. And it was like that hydraulic sandwich just kept ringing back. It is yeah. a great name. It, it's so good. It was, it was the thing. And I kept saying. So it's a liquid lunch. Yeah. Yes. And I just said that, I said, I just can't wait to be behind the bar. Cause of course I was running the bar when we started and yeah, just have yeah, somebody yeah. come up and say, I'll take a sandwich. And you know, they're not talking a damn thing about food. They yeah, just want yeah. that IPA. And, and it was our refrigeration guy, the wolf. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> came in. The, the wolf. wolf. Uh, the wolf. The wolf. Any oh, brewers God. listening? Hire the wolf. Hire okay, the wolf. That's all, right. all you need to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's your problem here? Where's your, <laughs> exactly. You got a cooling problem? Let's make this happen. Yeah. Oh, you called the wolf? <laughs> Ooh, Don't worry. God, I got free yeah. on. I know it's illegal. I got free on. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll put, pump it right in. Yeah. yeah. So when the wolf comes in. Uh, so, the wolf. <laughs> you got to meet the wolf, by the way. I don't know. Anytime a story goes with. And so then the wolf comes in. <laughs> it's like a Quentin Tarantino exactly. story. <laughs> yeah. So the wolf orders a hydraulic sandwich and completes the story. Well, Sherry had then becoming, uh, became a, a, a good regular after a while. And so she was extremely proud that, you know, the hydraulic sandwich, she had to part in that story. And nice. she'd always come in and she'd be like, okay, I got another story for him. I'm like, Sherry, could you just drink the hydraulic sandwich? Yeah, I don't have a one. name for every story. And her husband was Pete and he was a home brewer. And so, uh, and he would make a, a beer and he'd have a, you know, a, a, a HP printer printed label on it. It would say that damn Pete ale. And he'd bring it in and, uh, you know, I don't know if you get homebrewers doing this to you, that they bring in their uh, their homebrews to you all the time. And I kind it at that point to like what a music producer and mixtapes are. Yeah. Like, hey, I, got, I got a mixtape for you. Try this yeah. out. You're the new brewery. Can you and listen so, to my tape, please? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, but the, the only thing is, is that tape's going to destroy my ears. I don't know what you did to that beer <laughs> in my bar. But yeah. so Sherry and Pete, uh, you know, have, were a long time uh, and still are long time customers, but. When I found out and read Blind Man's Bluff, and I started to understand her story, and I came and I said, "All right, so, so Sherry, Blind Man's Bluff." I was like, she, and she kind of just perked up, uh, and, I, she, and I go, "I, I said, uh, I said, is that is that story true?" And she's like, "I don't know what you're talking about." I do know. I don't know how in the hell they published that thing. She okay, goes, but yeah. I can't tell you anything in there. She says, but I'm still amazed that that thing has been published. Wow. So, yeah. That's so crazy. you know, and again. 
this we hadn't even thought of the Ivy Bells or gone into that, but now that we have the Ivy Bells as part of the story, we've been in the Pink Palace. Yeah, she threatened me with my life the day we started the business. Right, if I, right. You know, wanted to hear the story, so oh, I love it. So then naturally we make a, a double IPA, and then I just had to call it the Nuclear Sandwich, which it means nothing, but that that was some uh, historical liberty because. You know, they did nuclear submarines on there. Yeah, if you're going to kick it up yeah. a notch yeah, from yeah. hydraulic, Absolutely. take it to the nuke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take one more quick break. And uh, we've got one last beer uh, to try from you guys. Um, and I believe it's called uh, General Order Number 99. Yes. A nice be a, I, think there, I think there might be a story there. It's I'm not quite sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to predict the future. I promise there's a beer, at least. <laughs> yeah. All right, hang in there. You're listening to the session with the guys from Mare Island Brewing Company. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thank you again for hanging out with us. We've got one more beer to try with the folks from Mare Island Brewing Company. And if you want to learn more about Mare Island Brewing Company than we've covered in this show, you can go to mareislandbrewingco.com, mareislandbrewingco.com. There's there's wonderful, handsome photos of these two gentlemen on the website. You can check out the breweries. You can find out where they are. You can learn about um, the Yardbird Club. Which I think the beer we're about to try is part of what you get if you're in the Yardbird Club. Is that do I have that right? That is right. I, I'm I'm kind of wondering now your show, but should we do beer or history first? The way we've been going on that. Let's, I don't know. I'm I'm honestly I just want to say it from you know zooming way out. This is like fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done a lot of these shows. I'm an old salty dog. <laughs> I'm playing into the Mare Iron theme right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you guys, this rocks. Yeah, I mean, this is like really good. I mean, this is. Thank you. You're doing a great job and your story's great and you're, and you're it's just amazing it so, is really great because you know every we're brewery, joining the yardbird club right now I'm, are, I'm, yeah. I'm buying the book and i'm gonna <laughs> yeah. join the club perfect because uh what i've learned over the years with sully is that every brewery does have a story but not all of them are very interesting <laughs> 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 and you know i've done yeah. a lot of shows so. yeah <laughs> so this is, this is yeah. really good i yeah. i mean just a, an antidote for that one you know when we first opened some you know Local brewery in the Bay Area was had their sales team. They were going through, and they wanted to stop at a brewery. So they saw that we were opening and got a hold of me and said, "Hey, can we swing by on Wednesday?" And I'm like, "Sure." So I'm going through, and I'm giving them all of these stories and everything. And you know, in the moment, you kind of realize, "Oh, wait, you guys have a story too." You know, and so I go, "I'm sorry. What what is your what is your brewery you know name about?" Yeah, and yeah. and then he just kind of stops and he goes. It's mine and my business partner's last name. Yeah. <laughs> and that was full stop. And I was like, all right, so that helmet over there yeah, was yeah. Uh, Rosie the Riveters, you know. Right. So, um, but yeah, like I said, if this was Kent and Ryan's Great Brewing Adventures, we're not that interesting. So, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys are pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we've harvested enough things to make it seem interesting right. and put it in a, in a can. So, <laughs> um, but uh, the General Order 99. So when, you know, as winemakers, one of the things that, you know, we, we love and enjoy is to age stuff. You know, mm. the one thing we don't like is to wait for it. But you know, when you're doing beer, it's kind of nice to tuck something away and be like, oh yeah, we've got that nice uh, barrel-aged uh, porter going over there. So when we were starting, we, we definitely, this was always part of what we wanted to do was a nice kind of high-end, nice nice package, cork and cage, um, barrel-aged beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Kent already mentioned, you know, he's got his Road 31 uh, wine company, that project, and um, he produces Pinot Noir with some fantastic barrels, Kadar, uh, from, um, you're getting them from uh, Hungary. Yeah, Pinot. From, from Hungary. My yes. ears just perked up, sorry. And, and, uh, <laughs> and so, you know, we had, we have access to those <coughs> barrels and, and um, you know, we've, we, we started making friends, of course, as you do with distilleries and, and uh, started experimenting and we found that, you know, aging our shipwrights porter in Kent's Pinot Noir barrels and some whiskey barrels and then blending it after the aging with maybe a little bit of the fresh porter really made a really interesting um, beer here. Uh, I don't know if this is true. Maybe Sully can uh, talk into it. But 
you know, what I find in barrel aged beers is that, and now I know it because I've received them, is I feel like everybody just leaves that liter and a half of whiskey that they that yeah. they get in there and then just put beer on top of it. And I, in my opinion, that's a little cheating. You know, you're really leaning in on the booze instead of letting the beer do the, the, the and letting the barrel. Plus it dominates of, it too. It, mm-hmm. it just, it just yeah. becomes a booze beer. Yeah. And, you know, again, going back to that, we want nuances in the beers. We, I want you to be able to find some layers in there. I want you to find the whiskey. I don't want the whiskey to find you right, okay, you know, right yeah. up front. And so, you know, the, it's just such a cool interplay. You kind of get like this little bit of cherry in there as well from that Pinot that kind of plays into it. And um, so this is, you know, where we came up with this, this um, barrel-aged porter mm-hmm. that is, uh, ages phenomenal, phenomenally. And as Kent was uh, mentioning earlier, the, the bunkers on Mare Island, we actually have access in a uh, bottle condition. It's in a bunker on Mare Island. <clears throat> oh, so wow. it wow. kind of has a, wow. uh, some fun uh, history to that. And then... Uh, well, but, but practical as well, right? Because it's, it's perfectly temp-stable, I, yeah, I would imagine. I mean, I remember Kent got on Amazon one of those little temperature things that kind of yeah. shows you the high humidity and high low temperatures. And I mean, it is, yeah. it is wine cellar condition. It just stays right there. These are foot and a half thick cement walls with uh, foliage growing over the top of them. You wow. know, they're, they're bunkers from Pearl Harbor. And then we hired um, Jeff to do uh, this welder to come down here. And he welded this door that like, I, you know, I don't think Darth Vader could get through it. I mean, this thing <laughs> yeah. is just... I bet the wolf could get through yeah. it. The wolf, yeah. Yeah. wolf could get through it. Jeff <laughs> needs a new name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you can't tell us what went on in that building, too. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Well, that's what a score to be able to have a, a seller like that. Yeah, that's really yeah. great. And, you know, we make our own wine as well that we sell out of our tap room, so it actually ah. kind of works well. We, we kind of store our wine in there as well. But um, as, as far as the story goes... Now, how um, big is... The, can you tell me how big the bunker is in terms of... Souls, <laughs> like right, because it was built to like like to go hide in, right? So yeah. how many people? I, I think it was. I think they said it was twelve per one of them that yeah, could hide in there. There's small pods, and there'll be like twelve of them in a row, and then there'll be another twelve over here, or whatever. And I'll tell you, the nurses on the island talk about how they used to have to go do these drills. And there's no lights in these things. Oh, wow, yeah. And so the nurses went in there with all these sailors, and there was a <clears> lot. <throat> oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't a pleasant experience for oh, them. Oh, no. So they'll talk about that. But actually, in our bunker that we've got, it says, is it no girls allowed yeah, on there? You can tell some kids in the 80s or whatever they live. It says no girls allowed, no smoking. Well, there was a, 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 an actual wow. sign that says no smoking, and it's sprayed over and says, yes, you can. You know, oh there, my so gosh, it's kind yeah. of funny. Yeah. I've, I've actually invited a few girls in there. So yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> just to say, hey, hey, you, you're allowed. It's in. okay. Yeah. 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 The uh, But the story of General Order Number 99 is actually uh, quite a fascinating one considering alcohol and the island and, and what we do now. So there's a um, Secretary of the Navy was named uh, Josephus Daniels, Joe, and Josephus Daniels uh, signed the General Order Number 99 outlawing all alcohol on Navy bases or within five <laughs> miles of Navy bases. Or, to be or pro- within five miles. To be produced within five miles as well. So there was the Solano Brewing Company that was within five miles of Mare Island that closed down. They were the last brewing company until we came in in 1918, closed down. Wait, wait, wait. wait. When, when was... 1918 is when this rule. So then as the, you know, nice as room. these roll out, it takes a little while. So the, the Solano Brewing Company was closed down in 1918, but prohibition wasn't until 
like to say that we have rescinded General Order 99. Yeah. On, uh, I will. There's one other anecdote to that, which is that um, you've ever you've heard the term Cup of Joe. Yeah. And that term comes from the Navy because suddenly when General Order number 99 was signed, coffee became the strongest drink on the ship. Whereas uh, before it was all sorts of things. So to raise a cup of coffee and to say a cup of Joe was actually kind of giving your bird, giving the bird to uh, right. Joseph Daniels, the secretary God. of the Navy at the time. Do so, we have some background of like why yeah, this was important? It, was Have you he ever heard drunk as a sailor? Well, I mean, come yeah, on. I mean, was like, he like a new prohibition? I think. Well, a I guess what I, I have. I, so what I'm getting at is like, was it reactionary to behavior or was he just like a teetotaler? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not well versed in that history necessarily, but what I've understood is about 50, 50. He was okay. so yeah. proactive about this. He thought that this was the devil's drink. And everything. Yeah, okay. The other thing was they were having a really hard a time problem, yeah. with, and I mean, there, there's a book, uh, it's, it's called, uh, lower Georgia street, the lost, uh, Barbary, lost Coast. Barbary coast of Vallejo. It was all brothels down in downtown, uh, downtown Vallejo servicing this giant, um, ship literally yard. servicing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I walked into that one. Yeah. yeah. And you know, honestly it was similar in Benicia cause they had an army facility there. And so he was trying to clean up the neighborhoods around these various uh, naval yards. I see. It was his goal back in the time. So Wow. Um, Five mile radius. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, it's also one of those things like, you know, you're in the Navy and, and, and this order comes through and it's like, what the F? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. you're like, what are we going to do? I that's mean, why I joined the Navy. Yeah, yeah that's I joined what I'm the Navy to the world like and a, drink the world. Yeah. And especially I feel, if it's like genera- generational, you're like, wait a second. Yeah. My dad told me that this place is great. Right. I wonder if like right. illegal right. homebrewing took over. Like yeah, that's maybe where homebrewing kind of started. That's probably where some bad hooch happened. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. Bruno. My, my dad's liver said I needed to be in the Navy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good point. I mean, that's all prohibition did too, isn't it? Just yeah, brought it underground. So there had to just been a whole underground thing. Yeah, people were making it in their bunkers. Back, you know, at the uh, you know those those bunkers you were talking about, yeah, where the where nobody was allowed in. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there was no brewing going on in there. So, have you had any any of 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 the the locals, the the people that come visit you that sort of know this history or that were a part of it, come and say, whoa, 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 why are you naming this beer order number ninety nine? We don't like that order. Yes, okay. I've definitely had people, but you know, they, I mean, they get the tongue in cheek at the end of it for okay, sure. Okay, good. They, yeah, I mean, I will say, people have. There's a few teachers out there that are like, you know, we can't believe you're doing this over there. But I would say the vast 99.9% of it are like, this is the spirit of Bear Island. This yeah. is yeah. exactly what needs to happen out there. And honestly, uh, you know, Sully was talking about before, you go to Alameda, you go to Treasure Island, you go to Hunter's Point. So these buildings, they're they're magnificent, but they're not good for a lot of, you know, yeah. not, it's mm. unique things. They're perfect for breweries. I right. mean, they are, the, the floors can be dug up and sloped real easily. <clears throat> They're historic. They're looking out on the waterfront. They've got they're tall. There's eight ton cranes overhead in some of these breweries inside that yeah, you're not wow. in these buildings. And so it is um, it's ripe for that kind of thing. We have we have a we have a good friend, Dave Finney, who started a distillery on Mare Island called Savage and Cook. Uh, did an amazing job with these two buildings that are down there. An amazing distillery going on down there. So people are discovering this and like, wow, what a perfect reuse yeah, of a yeah. historic building that you, there's a lot of things you can't do with it. And this is something you can. So. Yeah. 
That's and of course, yeah, they're seeing that on Alameda Island, or <coughs> otherwise becoming known as Alcohol Island. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. But but yeah, these these wonderful buildings yeah. uh, and spaces. I'm glad to see something good coming of them. Um, and then I think eventually, like I, I, I'm sure you guys think about this all the time, but think of how that's going to be even ten years from now, when more people continue to move in and do things. It becomes kind of a of a playground again. Go to go from this sort of war machine to kind of a of an adult playground, if you will. Our, you know? our pithy statement is where they used to make battleships. We name we now make beer. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's pretty dope. You know, a lot of it is yeah. you get people landing in Oakland, San Francisco. They're driving up to Napa <clears> for an experience. People used to be all about the wine. Now there's usually someone in a group of four who's like, I'd rather drink beer. Mm-hmm. They have a place to stop, and we're you know the more the merrier. If we had if we had other breweries in the area or whatever, we don't see it as competition. We see it as rising tide, all boats. Right. Love and, it. And uh, it's fun. We 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 have a loose association with a winery called Vino Godfather and and um, the distillery called Savage and Cook, and we call ourselves the Wet Mile because it's exactly a half mile to walk down one side and come back the other side. Nice. And we uh, we well love done. to have six under six other stops in there where people can stop and kombucha or whatever they want to taste along the way would be super cool and and like maryland's vallejo's eager for things like this they're yeah, not they're yeah. not prohibitionist they're not like no more growth they're eager for businesses like this and maryland's like yeah that'd be a great thing to do with that building over there that used to build torpedoes for submarines that'd be yeah. awesome and now yeah. the fact that the ferry actually drops off on Mare island now so you can literally pick it up in san francisco stops over in, at the ferry terminal and then deadheads over at Mare island and then stop off for the day so you don't have to drive anywhere and come experience Mare island from san francisco so it's it was it was one of the funny things that in 2014, when we started, is that I had a whole group of people coming. I'm like, "Oh, where are you from?" And they're like, "Oh, we actually just came over here from San Francisco for the day because we heard you, there was a brewery over here." And I was oh, like, wow. I, "I did not think that people would right. like, actually trip from San Francisco to but come over." But it makes it but, easy. But brew tourism. I mean, we all yeah. know people. You, you make you make good beers in good places if people want to come. Well, it's so, the yeah. adventure yeah. of getting on a ferry and coming over the exactly. water. I mean, that's like wonderful. Yeah, I mean, that's the experience. We're in theater, you know. At the end of the day, so yeah, we tell stories and yeah. kiss babies and yeah, exactly. shake hands and, and <laughs> continue the travel the travel log. Like, there's actually some. Amazing Amazing hiking at the south end of the island that goes around the old ammunition dumps that were down there goes up. It's about a mile up the hill. They have this thing called the Spirit Ship, which has got a little panel hanging from every ship that was ever built on Mare Island. Three hundred sixty degree view. You can see back to San Francisco and everything. So you can come down. You can go for a long hike. There's a cemetery down there with three Medal of Honor winners in it. Hmm. You can go get a, a shot of whiskey. Of, uh, Francis uh, Scott Keys. Yeah, buried she's there. buried wow. there. You know, like this, oh wow. And so I mean, it's a little bit. You have to kind of come find it. You got to do a little bit of research. It's yeah. not super obvious. But you can come spend a day doing some cool stuff and just walk around and see the guys staring at a building and say, did you used to work here? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. And they'll tell you their story. That's yeah. exactly. As soon as you said you said that, I was like, oh, I really want to run into one of those guys oh, and just yeah, ask what's awesome. up. It's easy. Yeah. Are you yeah, running yeah. for mayor, by the way? Yeah. Because <laughs> you should be. No, no. He's you're, already you're, the president yeah, of the yeah. historical society. <laughs> I, I can affect more through beer and business. <laughs> right. I could ever yeah, you're that. That is true. No. Well, before we have to go, I do want to say that the beer is wonderful. It uh, is nice. The, the general order. And I'm, I'm not a big barrel-aged guy. And uh, for some of the reasons you already mentioned, like I don't want that big boozy kick uh, yeah. usually, um, uh, which this does not have. Uh, it has a nice uh, chocolate character to it, but also uh, it's, it's nuanced, as you mentioned. I, I've been sipping it while you guys are talking, and um, if you let it dry out in the palate a little bit, then I'm picking up the oak. Um, yep. There's and I think a little bit of that fruit from the Pinot, right? You do get fruit. You get a little bit of vanilla. I mean, it's also nice because it's a porter, so it's not going to knock your socks off. So yeah. it's got a lean, like malt character to it. But it's really nice. It's I bright. Got, it's actually very bright for a beer. Like I, a I barrel beer. I'm not a cigar mm-hmm. guy, but I mean, I just this is a cigar beer. At the end of the day, it just, yeah. just feels. Uh, you know, it, the other thing too. This is our fall 2021, so it really only has what mm. eight nine months on the on age. Like 
if I, I should have dusted off some of our spring 2015 that have been in there for seven years. I mean, the, the beers are actually just phenomenal about how well, you know, really? dark beers, obviously, we know age very well, but just uh, the, the, the barrel aging of the, the Pinot aspect and the, and the whiskey together really does um, age and lay down nicely. Yeah, yeah, this you can tell this is, it's, it's a little young. It's young. But, yeah. I mean, it's going to lay down very nicely. Yeah. Yeah, really like it. All the beers have been great today. Yeah, and, and so super I, clean. I do like it when a when a, a brewery comes in and kind of tells me their philosophy and kind of how they started, and then the beer actually reflects that. Because yeah. you guys kind of have come in saying, you know, we we do like some classic styles. We don't need to go crazy here or there. We like balance. We like and and all of the beers represent that as yeah. well. So not just are you doing well with the story lining up, but the beer fits what you're talking about. I can't tell you how often you know brewers come in and it just. Whatever they say does not fit what's in my glass. It, 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 <laughs> gosh. And it's not all of them. Don't get me wrong. We, there's so many great breweries, but uh, when you do this for long enough, you just you run into a lot of that. I'm going to have to start listening so, next week to see if we get yeah, canned yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. 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 These guys from Mare Island. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like, great so, storytellers. Yeah. Tell yeah. Beer? Yeah. No, the beer was amazing. The storytelling was, oh, my no, God. No, no. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for coming yeah, in and sharing. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm really excited. Thank this you. is a really well, good show. We yeah. really appreciate you guys uh, having us come in and tell the story, because and that's the biggest thing at the end of the day, is these are stories that need to be told, and yeah. you know, we're all going to drink the beers. So you know, the more spotlight we can get on uh, with great beer of people coming into Vallejo and knowing that there's more things there than Six Flags and, a, you know, and the 80 going by, yeah. it's, uh, and I know we've got a, a vast network listening now, but it's, you know, I think that's what beer has to be about your community, you know? Yeah. The, you know, that's Kent actually got me a good book when we were starting this. The great good, uh, the 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 great good place. Correct. The yeah. great good place, and and that's basically been kind of the starting ethos of what we, you know. We don't need to be something. We just need to be good in our in our great place that we're at. Yeah, and yeah. So, yeah. And the goal is that the the community is to come together in these public houses, and that's where you tested your theories. That's where you had to stand up for yourself. It wasn't an echo chamber of what the internet has become and everything. And I think that. I, my hat goes off to you. I think that's what you've done here. That's I think that's what you've done at 21st Amendment. That's what we're trying to do with beer in general is to get people to interact, to maybe soften some of their harder views mm-hmm. and to learn from one another. And that's a that's a huge mission of ours. I love well, it. Well, your mission has been great. I mean, it's, I mean, now I want to go there. You've done a compelling job of like honestly yeah. getting me excited about your beer and your story. And I, I mean, I can't believe I haven't been there yet. And well, you have to that, pass by me to get there, so we're going together. So okay. I, I gotta get in t- the car, let's go. Yeah, yeah. I got to tell a, a funny story about how I first met Sully uh, uh, the first time. Oh so, boy! Yeah, oh boy! Yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. buckle up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold some punches. Okay. But uh, so it was, uh, it was actually back in 2013 when I was working at Lagunitas, and uh, I just switched over from the wine industry and trying to, uh, you know, figure out the whole professional side of brewing. I, you know, I know CIPs, I know pumps, I know caustics, and everything. It was how, how does the professional brewing side uh, work out? And so we hear we hear on the day, ah, oh, you know, Twenty First Amendment's going to be coming through. You know, Sean Sullivan's coming. This, Jeremy's going to be giving you know tour because I'm not sure what you guys were advanced. I think it was for San Leandro when yeah, you guys were were uh, doing some research on that. And so, oh yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, this was a day shift, and we get three brewers on the deck, and um, so Sean comes in and introduced himself. Super nice. Matter of fact, I was just cleaning my basement last weekend. I found your card, and uh, oh, wow, and was, it was yeah. from that time, and it just sparked the story. And so funny wow, you're here today. That's the, cool. So um, anyway, you, Jeremy brings you in and uh, you introduce yourself very nice and, uh, and and hands your card out. And then Jeremy left for a second to go get some in his office and you turn around and are like, all right, so if uh, if any of this is not working out for any of you guys, uh, you know, uh, give me a call and, uh, you know, really great meeting you guys. This place is awesome. You guys got a really nice place here and everything. And, 
and uh, and and then Jeremy came back in, and, and you tightened up. You went right back to came right back into. So it was a Rolex, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, talking about the two fifty barrel. Sully, I love it. And uh, and that was my intro to Sully. And uh, um, so I showed up to poach brewers. Yeah. Apparently, and, well, and, that was just a side project. And I, I gotta say, you know. Uh, Hats off to you. You know, you've done a fantastic Thank job you. on that. I uh, never got to work for you, but, you know, it was it's definitely been a story along along the journey here where I was like, I know Sully. <laughs> Very briefly. Now I know you better. And I was been, probably it, kidding in all defense. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, we lost two brewers the next <laughs> week. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's weird. Sully gained two. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. Actually, I just heard from Jeremy this morning, as a matter of fact. Jeremy's great. Yeah, yeah he's I, a he's a. That's a great person. Yeah. So I mean, I it was it, it was the funny thing was it was so so tongue in cheek, but at the same time, eh? <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I might be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, well, or hey, maybe not. Yeah. You did keep the card. I did keep so, the card. Yeah. I did keep the card. It was a valuable uh, message. I mean, hey, Sully's a Bay Area guy. You don't want to not uh, have a, have contact with. So, no, no, yeah, really good. To, really good to share the mic with you and uh, to be able to to, to chat. With yeah. You. Thanks for sharing that story yeah. too. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you again for being here. You can go check out more, like I said, uh, about Mare Island and, of course, find out where to get it at com. There's a shop button on there, um, and you can find out about private events and everything else. Go to com. I'm sure you can find them on social media as well. Um, all right. Thanks again to our sponsor today, uh, More Beer, uh, for, for always supporting us and keeping us here. Um, thanks to our, our friends and sponsors at the 21st Amendment. Thank you. Um, but, Sully, mostly thanks for coming and hanging out and doing the show. Dude, I love coming in here and hanging out with you, especially getting, with great guests like this. It's, yeah, and, and it's always just it's just more fun to have you. And we're getting back to a more a regular schedule of things, so you're going to keep getting that from me. Um, Teresa Pasuti uh, also is uh, my rotating co-host. She's going to be in with She's us great. On, uh, on the next show. And on the next show, uh, like I mentioned... Um, Actually, she's going to be on the one after that. On the very next show we have is going to be Jamil Zaynashev. Yeah, yeah, I opened a brewery and I'm going to talk about <laughs> this it. It's going to be yeah, an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to. I haven't. I, I, I hung out with him uh, for the first time in a couple years, just a couple weeks ago, and we. I just said, look, man, you got to get back on the show. Is he doing okay? So he's doing fine. He's doing just. Well, I guess fine. we'll hear all about it. Uh, or yeah, not. you'll hear all about. It. You'll hear as much as he's allowed yeah. to tell me. Yeah, it's <laughs> giving a little pause. Yeah, and then uh, his friend from. Uh, a true symmetry brewing is going to come on the show with him as well. So that's coming up soon. Um, and then later on in the month, uh, we've got seven stills out of San Francisco. And that's uh, when Teresa will be here. Uh, that's when Teresa's going to be here. Yeah. Seven stills brewing and distilling uh, is going to be on in the show. San Francisco, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think they've done a lot of growth uh, over the over the end of the pandemic year. So we're going to find out about that, too. All right. Ryan, Kent, thank you again. Um, I hope the next time I see you is at your brewery. I want to come check it out. Yeah, come make a day out of it. I want to explore that island like you like you uh, advised. Thanks for having us. I want a tour, and I'll hand out my card. Absolutely, you're not allowed allowed in the production. Don't (laughs) leave him alone with the brewers. Matter of fact, we've got some of our brewers out in the uh, out in the uh, tap room. I'm going to make. Hey, yeah, yeah. They're they're all jumping up. They want to see you, Sully. Yeah. (laughs) All right, folks. We will see you next time here on the session. Thanks for hanging out with us. Take care of yourselves and your beer.
The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewing network. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com.